warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 322. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, three, two, one. Hey, uh, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, you made me break there. I think that's one of the few times I've laughed during your intro. And it's just, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. It, it's, uh, it's the final week before C2E2 where we all gather together and we hang out and have a great time. I just, I'm ready for this week to be over with. And it's probably going to show in this episode. So, uh, yeah, there's that. No, no, I'm going to do my best. We were, uh, short on news this week, but I can make the declaration that we will not be short on fun. Love it. No, I, 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 I can't make that deck. I don't know, Jake. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you, you can't, I can't, I hate it when people say, ah, the best episode and they haven't even gotten into the content or nothing. I can't make that promise. I promise that we will be just as professional as everyone, all the rest of our episodes. Oh, wow. Jake. Okay. Oh, hey, we're not alone. We're not alone. I'm gonna I'm gonna bail you out there, Jake. Um, we are Thank not. You. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're no, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know I deadpan along with jokes like yeah. that for for humor's sake. I know you do. All right, we're joined by Neil. Welcome back, Neil Follender. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm okay. I'm ready for next weekend to start. Are you ready for the shenanigans? Because that's a funny word. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm ready for them, but uh, I'm ready for them to begin. You ready for all the tomfoolery? Because that's a funny word, too. <laughs> well, I am now. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, tomfoolery. Wait, what is tomfoolery? 
I, I, I think, a, yeah, like guys doing tomfoolery, I think a bunch of guys like giggling and slapping each other's dicks and shit. Yeah. Hey, stop, knock it off with the tomfoolery over there, you know? <laughs> uh, like whoopee cushions and just like old school yeah. practical jokes. Yeah, it's like a bunch of kids at a fucking prep school, an all boys prep school, and they're slapping each other's cocks. And the, you know what I mean? What was that? What was that movie with Robin Williams? My captain, my captain, or whatever the fuck? Those kids. Uh, dead dead poet society. society. Yeah, those dead poet kids are slapping each other's dicks around. <laughs> and he's like, "No, nah, stop with the tomfoolery." And then they all stand on the desks, and then another kid slaps a kid's dick while he's standing on a desk. Yeah, such a such a moving movie. Fapton, my fapton, and then they slap his dick. That, I haven't seen that movie in years, dude. This episode's no, fucking terrible. This episode, I'm sorry. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I rescind my promise. This episode will be nowhere near as professional as nah. this episode. <laughs> it is off the fucking rails with, with just stupidness. Just <laughs> dumb shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, have, I haven't watched Dead Poet Society in a long time. No, me neither. It's been over a decade. Is it, one, is it one of those movies you think that uh, you'll revisit sometime in your lifetime, Dead Poets Society? I feel like the answer is no. I don't know if I'll ever do it. I don't know if I'll ever get back to that place where I'm like, ah, I want to watch Dead Poets Society. You know what I mean? Neil, what about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it twice. And yeah. I don't know if I ever need to see it again. Yeah. If it's on, I won't turn it off. But... When's it, well, yeah, when are you watching TBS, though? You know what I mean? I don't know. Exactly. Well, yeah. Is it on TBS? I don't know. I'm just, uh, what, what, uh, I don't know. What what Robin Williams movies would you revisit? Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire is a good one. I've never, you know oh. what? I'll be honest, never seen Hook. What? Never seen it. Didn't care. Yeah, bang a ring. Oh. Never cared. Glenn, Glenn Close plays a pirate. Oh shit! Check that off my bucket list. I, man, I don't. <laughs> uh, when she doesn't win an Oscar, I would love. Uh, I, I bet the headlines are close, but no cigar. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, dad jokes. Rapid fire. We got dad jokes on rapid fire this episode. Stupid. Remember shit. that shitty movie, Toys? Yeah, oh, I love that movie. Really? I love that movie. Joan Cusack. Yeah, uh, I found that really I saw that in theaters when I was a kid. On a, like, my mom didn't understand what was happening in the movie, so she took me and a couple of my friends to go see it, and it it changed my life. Oh, I'm sorry to disparage you. <laughs> you know what movie? Like, it was great when it came out, but like every time I think about it now, all I think about is Robin Williams crying the whole goddamn time was what dreams may come. Oh yeah. That's fucking sad as shit. It's sad as fuck. And all he does is cry the entire fucking movie. Oh, I don't want to see that one. Uh, yeah. Well, you should watch it. I, I just don't want to see sad Robin Williams. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. It's very, ex- exactly. Exactly. I uh, would revisit good morning Vietnam. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I always revisit Popeye. I know that movie bombed, yeah. but I fucking loved it, man. When I was a kid, that was like my jam. And it was on HBO all the time. Yes, it was. 
It, when it wasn't on HBO, yeah. it was on Cinemax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I watched it all the time. I loved that movie. I know there's somebody yelling about some Robin Williams movie that we're not mentioning. <laughs> there's some fuckhead out there going, what about the world according to Garp? What about that one? <laughs> well, what about it? I love that movie. Go fuck off. What about probably... Patch Adams? Yeah, what about Patch Adams? I met the real Patch Adams. I've talked about this on the show, but yeah, mm-hmm. met yeah, the real yeah. guy. Yeah, he was, man, he was, he was bizarre, dude. <laughs> just, just a, a huge personality, man. Huge personality with that guy. Um, yeah, Robin Will. How did how did we get started on Robin Williams? Hmm, that's a good question. It's because we were talking uh, about a movie. He was in. There you go. Oh, I was talking about those uh, <laughs> prep school boys slapping each those other's dicks, smacking cocks, smacking cocks around campus. Tom Foolery. Then <laughs> they went on to fucking make that Jackass show. That's exactly that's the origin story of Jackass people. <laughs> You know, Steve-O comes from, like, a well-to-do family. Really well-to-do. So did Kid Rock. He's always like, eh, trailer park, yeah. whatever, fucking. You, I think he was from, like, Florida, lived, like, a really good life with his family and shit. Probably with yeah, the pictures of his house. It's like a fucking mansion. Or, like, the house he grew up in. Yeah, ridiculous. Kid Rock. What a Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't like yeah, him. I didn't like him. I, I, I didn't ball with the ball back in the 90s. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> no, that shit made Limp Biscuit seem cool. Yeah, totally. It, yeah, it really did. Hey, uh, no, <laughs> no new episode next week. So this is your final warning. Final okay. warning. No new episode next week. And uh, so we'll be returning in two weeks. Uh, from the time that you listen to this one. Oh, I wanted to let everybody know that I was on the most recent episode we recorded last night. Not sure when it's going to be up, but I was on the most recent episode of Picard Cast, where we covered episode five. Neil, I know you were recently on, so people can check out yeah, your episode. Yeah, I was on last week's episode. Yeah, there you go. So check out Picard Cast. It's available on all major podcasting platforms. So... <laughs> Oh, God. Speaking of platforms, those kids on those desks slapping each other's cocks. <laughs> oh, they were just doing it right in the class? I'm in the classroom. Captain Mike. Oh, you slapped my cock again. No, it's not in the bathrooms. It's it's like, it's like that dick tap. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that dick oh, tap? That, dick tap game. Yeah, that dick tap thing. So it's called a turtle tap. It's called a turtle tap? Yeah, like the turtle head, you know, sticking out, and you tap the head of it. Oh, I thought I thought the turtle head poking out was like when you had to poop. Well, that's a prairie dog. Oh, that's a prairie. You know what a chili dog is, though, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the Urban Dictionary, people. Have fun. <laughs> Uh, no iTunes reviews this week. You can tell when the show's doing really good and when people have passion for a <laughs> podcast when they don't leave you fucking iTunes reviews for two or three weeks. So thank you, everybody. All the love and support coming through, Jake. I think we've jumped the shark, dude. I think we have jumped the shark. People just don't give a fuck about us anymore. Yeah, wow. That's like two weeks in a row now? No two weeks in reviews? a row. Two weeks in a row. I can't remember the last time we had two weeks in a row. Oh man, it's really gonna suck when we take a week off, come back, and still no new iTunes. Oh god, it's good. that's embarrassing. <laughs> like serious, I might not come back. I might, I might. You know what I mean? You know, like when the, the ostrich in the cartoons puts their head into the fucking sand and shit. I might just do that. Of course, yeah, I might be right there with you. Neil also calls that a turtle head poking out or something. <laughs> <laughs> no emails either. 
No emails, no iTunes reviews. Nothing. We're just yelling into the void. I know. I don't know if our Ooh. listeners are fucking dead in the ditch. I don't know if you're fucking dead in the ditch. I've been calling around to hospitals. I don't know where the fuck you are. I'm worried about you. Just come home. You're going to get chewed out when you come home because you're late, but you, you better have a good excuse. <laughs> now I just, I just fucking turned into my parents. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Oh. We're strict with our listeners. You ever notice in movies? Here's the thing. I, I, I don't. Just, just hear me out on this. You ever notice in movies sometimes when somebody gets shot in a movie, and and I can't speak to like people getting shot in real life. What happens? But like in the movies when they get shot, sometimes they'll just be like, uh, you know, they'll, then they'll, they'll go on shooting, and then all of a sudden they'll turn to the person next to them. They go like, I think I got hit. You know what I mean? I think yeah. I, I got hit, and then they pull their yeah. jacket open, and then you look in there, and there's like a little little bit of blood, and then like a lot of blood. Then you start using a lot of blood, it just starts spreading out. It's <laughs> super dramatic that yeah. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. That's why they do that. But like, they don't really react to the pain. Sometimes you ever notice that? You know, it's just like they got they got fucking shot. Yeah, it's it, the only way you know and they know is seemingly because of the color is showing up. Yeah. You think in like in real life, all these people getting shot in these movies, like you just be hearing constant screaming. Like everywhere. Ah! <laughs> just <laughs> at least a slight rinse. So I, just like seriously, you get more reaction out of people stubbing their fucking toes in a movie or in real life. If you stub your toe, like if I stub my toe, it is painful as shit. So here's the question. Is stubbing your toe more fucking painful than fucking getting shot? Potentially. In movie land. I'm talking about in movie land, not real life. I don't need you motherfuckers fucking tweeting me. and Unless you've been shot, just fuck off. (laughs) Then you you can tell me. But you you see more. Go ahead. So – so I, I've never been shot, but I've had some very severe injuries that were sudden. Yeah. And I, I know that it, it can, the pain can overwhelm what your brain can handle, yeah. your body can handle. So it'll just go into immediate shock and shut down. So maybe there's that happening. So the stubbing of the toe is just uh, the amount of pain that yeah. your body's just like, you are a puss right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think to add insult to injury, it'd be insanely smart for like one of these directors to throw a scene to like a John Wick movie where a guy gets shot and then immediately stubs his toe. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, I, I think in the movie world, it definitely hurts more to stub your toe. Because in a movie, if you're stubbing your toe nine out of ten times, it's for a comedic purpose in the first place. Yeah, you're watching. You like, have to act like you're in a lot of pain. You know? Yeah, you're watching like Daddy Daycare Three or whatever the <laughs> fuck. You know, and, <laughs> he farts and then accidentally stubs his toe. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh, I feel so bad for Jeff Garland right now. Number one, because he stubbed his toe. Number two, he's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fuck, I don't think we've seen Jason Lee since the Chipmunk movies, right? Why are we talking about Jason Lee? I said Jeff Garland. No, I, just, I was just thinking of someone else that got ruined by children's movies. Oh, cho- oh, ruined by children's movies. Yeah, Jason Lee hasn't been. He was in the silent 
Bob reboot thing, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh-huh. movie. But that, I mean, that's just a Kevin Smith thing. He'll ha- he'll ask anybody on his movies. Yeah, that doesn't even count. He's yeah. kind of part of that history, so you'd uh-huh. almost expect yeah. at least a cameo. I don't know. Did he leave Hollywood or something? Just to, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Hollywood left him. Yeah, he's a pretty hardcore Scientologist. No, he's he. Uh, last year, he left the Church of Scientology. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I saw Maybe that. That's what happened. Saw that on Reddit. So. Yeah, Beck recently left Scientology too. Huh. So I don't know what's going on in that water. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, I, we filled up uh, 14 minutes there. Thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's one. It's one of those things where when when the people don't leave the iTunes reviews and they don't send the emails, it's like I don't, yeah, it's I'm good for some dick tapping jokes and uh, some Scientology shit, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck it. Uh, let's just jump into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop for the week. How's that sound? Let's do it. Great. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Real quick. Real quick for good pop, bad pop. Uh, this was a big surprise for me. I uh, turned on my Roku, fired it up. And they have, like, these little advertisements for different shows and shit. Well, they had an advertisement for the E! Network, and the soup is back on E! Not with Joel McHale. Yeah, I saw that. Facebook showed me an ad for that as well. I, I was pretty surprised. I forget who the host is now, though. I, It's Jade Cata Prada. Oh, that guy. She, no idea. She, it's a her, it's a lady. Oh, that woman. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I watched the first episode. It's the soup, but it's not Joel McHale. I mean, it's it you're going to it's going to be hard to win me over. It's the soup though. It's all the clips and it's the jokes, but it's not Joel McHale. So there's just something wrong about it coming back without him. You know, it's it, there's something wrong about them canceling the show and then bringing it back and him not being involved. It's without him. Yeah, and, and fan reaction online for fans of the soup it's been pretty unanimous for the most part where everybody is just kind of upset you know that it's not joel McHale. so you know and i know they've had other hosts in the past you know what uh greg kinnear started mm. did, did was it greg kinnear and then that was it john henson brian henson brian henson that's or, jim henson's son oh that's just okay okay yeah john henson yeah, my original name that I threw out there. <laughs> he, he was the he was one of the hosts on Wipeout too. If you ever watched Wipeout, I think that was like ABC summertime shows and shit where they ripped off that MXC show that I love so much. But anyway, yeah, but with more nerf. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'll give it a I'll give it a standard taste. It. It's just uh, it was fine, and I there's nothing nothing against the host. And I mean, it was her first episode. Nothing against her. It's just the fact that it's the soup without Joel McHale, and it just 
it's just kind of fucked up that it got canceled a few yeah. years ago and you know he went and then netflix did this revival of sorts and then that got canceled after two seasons so anyway. yeah it's kind of a bizarre story how they went you canceled them and like netflix just gave up on it huh yeah it didn't, it didn't did it have a slight name change on netflix as oh well? yeah it was called the joel uh, it was called the joel McHale show with joel McHale. Okay, there you go. There yeah. you go. But it was essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was. It was essentially the same thing. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, I watched the uh, new uh, Netflix uh, Transformers War for Cybertron trailer. It just recently came out, I'd say, within the last couple hours, I think. Um, and uh, I am going to give it a Tupperware. I thought it was fucking phenomenal. I thought it was awesome. I love... Uh, we got Rooster Teeth involved uh, with this production. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is, I guess, showing their, their last moments on Cybertron, the fight for Cybertron. This, I, I think it looks fantastic. I love the character designs. Optimus looks great. Ultra Magnus looks fantastic. We got Cup in there. This just looks like it's going to be a blast for Transformers fans. Yeah, this was a really amazing trailer. I, I was really shocked by the uh, animation and detail on the Transformers. It has this, it's not quite cel-shaded, but it looks very hand-drawn. Yeah. But yet there's still, like, complete 3D renders of all these characters. And some of the different details they were able to do as far as, like, the dents and the scratches and the bullet wounds on the Autobots and Decepticons because of how hand-drawn it looked made it look really unique. Mm -hmm. This was pretty amazing animation. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see this, Neil? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you sent me that link. Uh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, everything Jake just said, it, it's, it's the animation is absolutely fantastic. And I'm really, really excited that there's going to be another animated Transformers property that I can watch. Yeah, I loved the stuff on Go90 when they had it. And, you know, that Go90 app went away. That was a... It was an app. I think Verizon was kind of like uh, the big backer of the Go90 app, and uh, they had some original content on there. And the episodes for the Transformers, um, they would give them like five to ten minute episodes. And the animation was great. The stories were fantastic. Um, but uh, that app went away. And I don't know if those are available to watch anywhere now. Um, but... Uh, this is going to be a nice change. I mean, this is going to be nice. I mean, I know there's been some Transformers stuff out there for the real little kids, like the Rescue Bots or whatever the fuck they're called. But, like, this this looks like more of, like, the G1, um, you know, reimagining that we've kind of been uh, wanting ever since we did get those Go90 series. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, they showed this at the Hasbro Toy Fair too, and yeah. I I believe it's being backed by a whole new line it is, of yeah. toy product that's associated with this show too. So yeah, I mean, if you love this show, unlike the Go Nine stuff, there's going to be a lots of merchandise out there to be able to collect. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there was some uh, there were some uh, figures I believe that were based on the Go Ninety stuff, like the Titans Return. I remember seeing those toys. Uh, I almost bought the Windblade. The Windblade looked incredible. But, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I did get a chance to watch the premiere of War of the Worlds on Epics. I, we talked about this show before, but they had the first episode and it dropped. Uh, it takes place in present-day Europe, 
but uh, it serves as a reimagining of the classic H.G. Wells novel in this new take of War on the Worlds. When astronomers detect the transmission from another star, it is definitive proof of intelligent extraterrestrial life. Earth's population waits for further contact with bated breath, but does not have to wait long. Within days, mankind is all but wiped out, with just pockets of humanity uh, are left in an eerily deserted world. As alien ships appear in the sky, the survivors ask a burning question. Who are these attackers, and why are they hell-bent on our destruction? Um, Stars uh, Gabriel Byrne, uh, Elizabeth McGovern, Leah Drucker, and uh, Adele Bensharif, excuse me, And so, yeah, like it's really slow burning in this first episode, but I think it's really cool because like, you know, when you watch the Tom Cruise movie and stuff like that, it's they really have to get this story going um, pretty quickly. And you're doing a two hour movie. So everything okay over there? (laughs) Neil's in trouble. (laughs) That's a random weird siren that's going by. Yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> of the worlds is I going think on. More of the worlds just started. There's yeah. no slow burn on PCL. Exactly. More of the worlds started. The ambulance is on its way. Uh, let's see here. Um, so yeah, the, this transmission is, is sent out, and they hear it, and these astronomers realize that it's a fucking it's aliens. It's proof of aliens, and uh, I guess they 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 and I think this is I, I I've heard that this is real too. Like. It, they've been playing music in outer space, like via this traveling satellite or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I know I've there's like this. I, I don't know if it's music. They, I, it might be music, but I know that there's also a, a message or something that they've sent out there. But um, I guess they sent it as a way to let aliens know that you know we're intelligent beings. And 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 um, personally, I, I think honestly, like if you play in the same song on repeat, I think it's probably why they eventually attack us. You know, they've had to listen to oops, I, they've had to listen to like oops, I did it again 33,000 times and yeah. now launching a full scale attack because of Britney Spears or Hanson or whatever the fuck. It's just so I I don't know if that's the smartest thing, but so the aliens send out like this kind of it's it's not an EMP blast because EMP knocks out technology, but it sends out like they send out like this this uh, sonic wave or some shit, some science shit, some alien science shit. And it goes around and it kills people unless they're like, you know, underground or they're protected behind some kind of like soundproof barrier or some, uh, you know, where, where it can block out uh uh, whatever this fucking alien science wave is, you know, and, uh, so it's basically killed most of the people on earth, you know, kind of like Indiana Jones when he got into that fucking refrigerator and he survived. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? Remember that? <sighs> they started, they're going to start filming on that, I think in May. Oh, I read that. Yeah. Indiana Jones. I, keep, I kept hoping and hoping that really wasn't going to happen. It's happening, man. It's totally oh. happening. Yeah. Well, I hope, I, God, I just, I was watching, I'll talk about Call of the Wild later. I saw that. But like, I was watching that movie and he's like in a canoe, like in a boat. Not a canoe. He's in a boat and he's like, <laughs> he's rowing. And I, the whole time I'm looking at him and I'm just like, that's just 
way too much for a man of his age to be doing right now in this you know what i mean these are these are you know these are like the the golden years you know what i mean these are these are those these are the final years of this man's life and here he is rowing in this boat he's and old old people back in the pioneer days like back in the 1800s and shit they were they had to be fit as a fucking fiddle right yeah if they yeah. made it that long i'm sure they were old people now are just like weak old people back then they like old men just had like that old man muscle they've been working on the farm or they've been do like lifting logs and shit they had that old man muscle they're strong as shit he was he was rowing that boat and but i was looking at him and i was just like god damn you're too old to be doing this shit man it was like it was like that Murtaugh moment. I'm too old for this shit. He just looked too old to be doing that. He should, you know, he just looked like he should be like on a fucking rocking chair with a corncob pipe. You know, he's in his mid seventies, right? Gotta be. Yeah, maybe even older. I mean, and Indiana Jones is going to be even crazier than Call of the Wild. I would assume on yeah. the old man muscle that he's going to have to have. Dude, here's the thing, Harrison. I know you listen. I don't, I don't care how old you like. Here's the. Get rid of the goddamn gold stud in your ear. Like, seriously, dude. <laughs> like, I, I had, like, I used to wear earrings. I had to retire those things. Like, I think sometime in my thirties. I was like, I had to retire my earrings. I, I tried to bust them out again in like my late thirties. And I was like, no, this is just, this ain't happening. I can't, I can't wear these. I can't wear these earrings anymore. This is, I just can't do it anymore. Knock it off, Harrison, with the earring. Is he still rocking that fucking gold stud in his ear? I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything but the movies lately. Yeah. He had that gold stud in his ear for a long time. I bet. What's her name? Uh, Clarissa. Was it Flockhart? What's her fucking name? Clarissa uh, Flockhart. Clarissa. There you go. Is it Clarissa? Callista. 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 I didn't say Alexa. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been married since 2010. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if she, if she likes it. <laughs> she must. Maybe that was the initial attraction. I don't know. So I think he's turning seventy-eight this year. Jesus, seventy-eight. Oof. Yeah. Born in Chicago. I didn't know that. Hmm. I did not know that either. Anyway, back to War of the Worlds. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> first episode had a little bit of drama with the characters as well. Um, we get Gabriel Burns' character, and what I can gather is like he he's kind of stalking, like creeping on his ex-wife. It's weird. Like he walks outside her window, looks in and shit. And they notice that he's like out there being super creepy. Uh, he's a scientist though. And he realizes that this attack's going to happen, that they need to get underground. So he goes to her house to go tell her and her new husband's there. And he greets him on the stairs and, and they get into like a little bit of an argument and he, pushes him to get him out of the way so he can go grab his ex-wife and when he pushes him down the stairs he ends up i don't know if is she seeing this guy or because they i didn't look like they lived in the same building i don't know maybe i didn't pay enough attention to this show (laughs) but he ends up (laughs) but because it was weird because i was i thought that they lived together but then he like knocked on a different door to go get her it was they had it's weird anyway so he pushes this guy down the stairs, ends up accidentally killing him. So it was like the whole fucking staircase Netflix documentary here. 
and ends up. Wow, the new guy gets killed in the first episode. Well, not Gabriel Byrne, but the yeah, the the new husband or whatever. He gets killed on the stairs, and uh, it doesn't matter though because everybody's going to die anyway because the alien attack. So that's the thing. He grabs her, and she can't grab her new husband. And but once. Like, they're underground or whatever the fuck and survive this thing. She's not going to know that he was killed by Gabriel Byrne unless he cracks and tells her. Kind of fucked up. Mm. Yeah. But there's, fucked up. Yeah, there's a lot of... There, there's many different characters in this, and I know the stories are probably going to converge. Um, they didn't get to the invasion yet, but I'm super intrigued by this show, and I've been impressed with the production so far. I'll give it a high taste on this first episode. I... I know it sounds like I was kind of like bagging on it, but I actually really enjoyed it. And I think it's going to be kind of like, a, you know, um, a deeper look into this uh, that you can't really explore when you're doing a two hour action movie. So they can kind of slow mm-hmm. things down a little bit. And I think it makes for an interesting story and we'll get to know these characters. But Gabriel Byrne is in it and he's fantastic. He's he's really good in most things. So but I'll give it a high chance. Do you know if it follows the original radio drama or? Is it just based on that same story? It's it's a re they're they're calling it a reimagining of the H.G. Wells novel. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's uh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, check it out if you have epics. Uh, and if you don't have epics, I think you can get like a seven day free tr- uh, trial, and you can check out Perpetual Grace Limited and Godfather Godfather of Harlem, uh, Pennyworth, like some great shows on epics. Um, How's Epic's doing financially? Do you know? I don't really hear much about it. Like the advertising for it isn't the greatest. Yeah, I don't, dude. I don't know. I have no idea how they're doing. <laughs> I mean, they're still making new series and and things like that. I'm paying for my monthly subscription, and they got they got new um, new movies on there all the time. It's a really good movie service. Yeah. It's owned by MGM. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have. Um, like really new movies on there too. And, you know, so <clears throat> I know Bumble's, Bumblebee's been on there. They have like Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, what's that? Instant Family, that Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne movie. Is it a, is it an actual channel on like cable or is it just a streaming service? I think it's an actual channel. You can subscribe to it. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's a, it's an actual cable and satellite television network. Yeah, and you can get it. Yeah, you can do it for like it's like five bucks a month if you want to watch the epic stuff. I'm I'm sticking with it. They've got like a oh god, they got a new show coming out. They haven't released a date yet, and I don't even. I'm not even going to talk about that one because I really don't know what it's about. But it's like a time. It's like a period piece kind of fucking thing with like. It's from the same producers of Downton Abbey. If that gives you any idea. So, I saw. I keep uh, clearing my throat, and I apologize. I don't want you guys to have to listen to that shit. Um, Neil, did you get a chance to see VFW? I saw all but the last twenty minutes of it because of reasons. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll talk about uh, the movie here. It's a group of uh, war veterans must defend their local VFW post and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants is directed by Joe Bigos. And he directed another movie called Bliss that I'm really wanting to see. It's available on Shudder. 
Uh, one of our past guests, Michael Winkler, told me it's very good. I've been wanting to check it out. I just have been slacking. So I will definitely be watching Bliss. But VFW stars Stephen Lang uh, from uh, Avatar and Don't Breathe. Uh, William Sadler. Uh, most people are going to know William Sadler from uh, his role as Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And uh, uh-huh. he is returning for Face the Music, so that's exciting. Uh, Fred Williamson, he was uh, an NFL football player turned actor. He did a bunch of black exploitation films in the 70s, and he was also in uh, From Dust Till Dawn, where he played Frost. Uh, Martin Cove from fucking uh, uh, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, Dojo Guy. He's in this one. Um, and his uh, daughter, Jessie Cove, also has a role in the film. Um, David Patrick Kelly, he is from the Warriors. He was the guy that said, Warriors, come out to play day. Um, and then he was T-Bird in The Crow. And then George Went from Cheers, Norm. He's in this fucking movie. And, uh, wow. yeah. Um, Neil, I want to get your thoughts on this one. I, I know you, I know you didn't get to finish it, but I, like when, when I saw this movie, like I, I knew it was coming out, uh, and when, when I saw it, I was like, and I, this was the week that you were going to be on, I thought, like, this might be kind of, like, right up your alley. So I'm curious to, like, hear what you thought about this movie. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> fucking love this movie. I, I tough wore the fuck out of it. I wish I could have finished it, just timing stuff. Yeah, anyway, um, this this group of old dudes – Doing shitty things was awesome. It, it 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 was definitely right up my alley. It, it's oh my god! It was so much fun watching this. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble explaining it, but it just it's 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 these guys just have this wealth of knowledge, and they're using it to defend this girl they don't even know, and it's 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 so well shot and like the tension is is just really high yeah i tap more of the fuck out of it so far yeah it's ve- very well shot it looks like it was shot in 16 millimeter yeah and it has it it's a it has a very kind of like uh grindhouse feel so it's 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 like yes, a, it's, it's it's like a throwback to like 1980s and 1990 like directive video movies that came <laughs> out that were like sometimes sleepers and and really fun movies and i uh i thought that this was just fantastic i you have you have like uh this uh, you you're in a this town the city has just been overrun by drugs and thugs and gangs and 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 so like the police really aren't even a factor here and this girl was it her sister or was it her like friend that um, I think it was her friend. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it matters. Really? Yeah. yeah. She well, she was she was killed, and so basically yeah. to get back at this drug lord, um, you know, she steals all of his drugs out of a safe, runs, and then runs into the VFW, and this like gang leader is you know sending all of his fucking what they call mutant punks i guess in the synopsis uh into the vfw to get the drugs back and so you've got like all these old 
vets, you know, whether they were in, one of them was in the Korean War, um, the rest were in Vietnam, and then there's like a younger guy, and it's his first day back, and he was in uh, the Middle East. And so they all kind of like joined together to protect this girl, and this movie gets super brutal. And, uh, very brutal. People die, uh, yeah, very brutal. And I, I just had a, it was a blast watching this. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I, Fred Williamson was fantastic. I think that, um, William Sadler steals the show in this one. He was, fan- oh, yeah, he was so sure. good. Um, but, uh, what a great cast. Stephen Lang's awesome. He's a badass in this. And just, and, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you get the feel of like an 80s action movie from the very, very beginning with the title card and like the explanation of all the backstory right up mm-hmm. front. It's yeah. just like, boom, in your face. Here we go. Yeah. Let's start with the action. And it does. It's glorious. Yeah. I'm going to Tupperware this movie too. I thought it was fantastic. Like I absolutely loved it. And you can, it's in limited theater release right now, but you can rent it. I rented it on Fandango now. I think it was like seven bucks, but it's worth it. And you're supporting, in my opinion, a pretty, pretty remarkable director here with uh, Joe Bigos. So this was just a fantastic romp of a fucking movie. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. So much fun. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Um, I watched the premiere of Clone Wars. You guys catch that yet? No, no, no. Um, yeah, this was just right at the bat of, strong Tupperware for me. Clone Wars is kind of a weird Star Wars series where it's both an anthology series, but also has lots of different continuing storylines that they pick up from all over the place. You kind of never know what you're going to get. Even chronologically, it kind of jumps all over the place. And uh, yeah, the premiere was very good, but if you're not caught up in the lore of Clone Wars, it's definitely time to do a rewatch because they Filoni just jumps right in here. And right away, you're back into the storyline with all the different clones and Commander Cody and Rex, and they're on a mission, and they're dealing with the death of their member Echo, and like all this stuff happened way back in Season 3, and there's just not really any kind of recap or anything going into the plot line here. So I do strongly recommend that if this is your first Clone Wars, it's probably not the best place to start. But, yeah, overall, this was just such a great episode. It's so cool to see this show back. You can tell that the animation has really stepped up its game since it last aired. Uh, Some of the shots almost reminded me of stuff we saw in 1917, just some of the crazy tracking shots Mm. that they were doing when the clones were descending upon the planet they were after. Um, I don't want to get too much into the plot of this. I mean, it's only a 22-minute episode, and the more I kind of go into it, the more I give away. But they do introduce you to a whole new group of clones called Clone Force 99, and they're known as the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're clones that are born with genetic mutations, so they actually look a little bit different than your Cody and then your Rex and then your, you know, your Jango Fett. And they have special abilities. Uh, one's Hunter, one's Crosshair, one's Tech, and one's Wrecker. And you can kind of gather what their special abilities are just based by their names like tech is just way smarter than any of the other regular clones and they even make fun of cody and rex and the other clones and call them like regs as a derogatory term kind of and so clone force 99 the bad batch go on a mission with rex cody and all the regs and just it goes from there and it seems like this is going to 
be a three to four episode arc. I believe I read somewhere for this first storyline. I'm not sure how long, but it's going to be a couple episodes before they jump into something completely different. And we know we're going to see stuff with Ahsoka this season that actually takes place during the events of episode three, which I'm really excited for. And just, I believe it's 12 episodes this season. And yeah, I'm just really excited. This is just a Star Wars show. I never, I kind of steeled up for the Netflix thing being the end of this and being the thing to wrap up the stories that were going to get wrapped up and now, anything they, else I was going to get uh, was be like novels and comic books. You know? There's more in Rebels. Like, I mean, Filoni was doing stuff with Clone Wars characters in Rebels. I mean. That's true. And they did pick up the Darth Maul storyline as well. Why is the Maul DeLorean trending? Have you hmm, seen that? I don't know. I don't What? I don't know. I just, I didn't know if it had something to do with it. I gotta, I gotta do a Clone Wars rewatch to be quite honest with you. It's been years since I fucking watched it. So I, that's why I didn't jump in. I was like, I gotta do a rewatch and I don't know if I'll start with seasons one and two. I didn't like them as much. They're fine, but I didn't think it really started getting good until three on up. But, um, yeah, that was my takeaway from this was that, wow, like you really, I've been just kind of putting it on in the background for the last few months yeah. while playing my games, and I, I was really glad I have. Like, yeah. it, they really do just throw you right into it again. I bet. I bet. Um, yeah, Maul DeLorean. I don't know what it is. It's just something that I saw on Twitter. I didn't know if it had anything to do with, like, the latest episode of The Clone Wars. And this is the final season. They're not doing any more after this. Yeah, they're saying this is going to wrap up everything they yeah. plan on wrapping up unless they do some. I think there's one more novel that's for sure already scheduled to come out, and you never know with the comic books. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the wild, wild west of Star Wars at this point. Absolutely. They just do whatever the fuck they want there. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they don't need to pay attention to it later, they fucking don't. Yeah. <laughs> fucking they got Padawans slapping each other's dicks and shit in those books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I watched uh, I watched Call of the Wild uh, yesterday. This is uh, based on the Jack London 1903 novel of the same name. It's uh, set in the 1890s Klondike Gold Rush. A domesticated St. Bernard Scotch Collie named Buck is stolen from his Santa Clara, California home and sold to freight haulers in the Yukon. Crossing paths with a man named John Thornton, the two embark on an adventure where Buck finds his true place in the world. The film is directed by Chris Sanders in his uh, live-action directorial debut. It's written by Michael Green. It stars Harrison Ford, Dan Stevens from Legion, uh, Omar Sy, Karen Gillan, Bradley Whitford, and Colin Woodle. Uh, I will tell you right now to spare myself the embarrassment later when I'm asked, but uh, I have no idea who the fuck Karen Gillan played in this movie. I don't remember seeing her. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. <laughs> I, she, she did the mocap for the dog. I love everything. That, <laughs> I love, no, that was Terry Notary. Terry Notary <laughs> stood in for the uh, CGI creation of Buck. But Karen Gillan, like I've loved everything that she's done post the first guardians i loved her in volume two everything that she's done i loved her in the the fucking uh the jungle movies the jumanji shit i loved her in that no i hated oh god i hated her as amy pond in doctor who terrible terrible 
terrible. Really? Yes, ter- in my opinion. And I know a lot of people like her, but I she I mean, I I liked Rory a lot more. I think that's why Rory was around so much is because she was not she's not a in my opinion, she was not a really good companion. She's probably my least favorite companion um for Doctor Which actor was she paired with? Uh she was paired with Smith. Okay. For the majority. Yeah, I think it was mostly Smith. But yeah, she but the guy that played Rory was fucking hilarious and awesome and I just wasn't a big fan of her in Doctor Who. I and I know a lot of people were. But Rose didn't have to have Mickey around all the time. So fucking Billy Piper fucking killed it. I think she's awesome. But anyway, not talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about Call of the Wild here, people. I don't know why I'm talking like this, people. <laughs> um but yeah, this, uh, yeah, uh, Karen Gillan, Brad- oh, Bradley Whitford's in this for like five seconds. Uh, anyway, I, um, I, you know what? Like, uh, it, what, the last time I checked this had like a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Might have gone up, might have gone down. I have no idea. Uh, all I can talk about is my experience in this movie. And I think like one of my first thoughts when I first started watching the trailers for this is that the dog looked too CGI. And I think when you watch the final product, they, 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 they kind of fixed that. It it looked pretty damn good by the time you see this in the movie theater. Um, I was I was pretty impressed. Uh, I really liked this movie. I, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, honestly, uh, the dog is like the main character in the film. You're not. It's not. It's not Harrison Ford. You're you're, you're following this dog, and um, I. All the adventures that this dog goes on, this dog is a spoiled dog, uh, is, you know, the judge of this town is like the, uh, you know, he's very rich and this dog is just spoiled and, um, and then gets, uh, kidnapped, dog napped and then, and then, uh, sent to the Yukon and, and becomes a sled dog and you go on some adventures with him as a sled dog and then he loses those masters and then he, he, uh, finds himself under the care of Harrison Ford and, and they go uh, on adventures and it's, I absolutely love this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I, I love the way that they, you know, you could see kind of like the wild come out in him as he's out in nature, as he's like, you know, getting in touch with like his, uh, um, you know, his uh, ancestors. And there's moments where they'll show like this big black wolf, and those are moments where he's getting more in touch with like his, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, nature side, um, his wild instincts. And it was, it was, it was a cool kind of effect that they did that they threw into the movie. I, I, I loved it. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. And I know not everybody is going to love this movie, but I thought it was great. Um, I really enjoyed this one. I would, I will watch this again, to be quite honest with you. I, I liked it quite a bit. Wow, that's awesome to hear that they touched up the effects because I'm not going to lie. Those trailers definitely made me eye roll. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I, yeah. I felt is like the they did. I felt like they did. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask if the dog was CGI the whole time or if there was a real dog sometime. It's, it's, I think it's CGI the whole time. Now, his companion dogs, like on the sled team, sometimes they looked real CGI. But the only way to get these dogs to react and do the things – that they do in this movie is to make them CGI. Like, you know, there's that Hollywood saying that like, you know, the, the toughest things to work with in movies are children and pets and, and animals. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, we're kind of like at that place where like, you know, <laughs> they can make uh, the Planet of the Apes movies where these apes, you know, Caesar, they can make them look pretty damn real. I thought they did a pretty good job here for the most part. I, I it looked it looked way better than it did in the trailers. There's definitely an improvement by the time you watch the movie. So it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like it did, I felt like, in the trailers. And I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I it looked really good to me. Nice. No, I doubt you're wrong. I, I, it's got to be a huge difference. It was pretty glaring in those trailers. Yeah. Neil. Yes. Have you seen Hunters on Amazon Prime? Have you started it? I saw, I saw the first episode. Yeah, I've, I'm through two episodes, so I'm not that much farther. Jake, is this something you've started? Is this the Al Pacino show on Prime? Yeah, Al Pacino, uh, yeah. No, I have not seen this yet. Okay, Hunters on Amazon Prime. Hunters follows a diverse band of Nazi hunters living in 1977 New York City. The Hunters, as they're known, have discovered that hundreds of ra- high-ranking Nazi officials are living among us and conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the U.S., the eclectic team of hunters will set out on a bloody quest to bring the Nazis to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans. Uh, Jordan Peele is an executive producer on this series. It stars Logan Lerman, Jerrica Hinton, Lena Olin, Saul Rubinek, Carol Kane, Josh Radnor from How I Met Your Mother, uh, Greg Austin, Tiffany Boone, uh, Louis Ozawa, Kate Mulvaney, Dylan Baker, and Al Pacino. And it's a 10-episode season. The first episode is an hour and 30 minutes, but each following episode is about an hour. I did see one that was an hour and eight minutes, but um, I guess we can kind of go full spoilers on episode one if you want to, Neil. I don't really sure. – I, I, I have no problem with that, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your reaction here, but I wanted to say like – Watching this first episode, watching, I think, I think two episodes are necessary to kind of get like the feel for this show. Um, the first episode's a lot of like setup, you know, um, to what the show actually is, but it feels very much like this could have been a comic book series. Like I, like adapted from a comic book, like, or a graphic novel or something like that. It, it very much feels like that to me just the i could i I feel like i could read a comic book called hunters and it's about this very thing but neil what did you think about uh i'll get into my other thoughts but what did you think about hunters the first episode yeah i i got that same comic booky kind of feel uh i i love the first episode i'm not tupperware the first episode i i really enjoy um Stories that are, that start in such disparate places and start weaving it together. And so by the end of the first episode, you've, you've kind of gotten all these threads in the same place. You don't know how they interact yet, but they're there. And I, I really, really enjoyed just seeing all the pieces start to move into their places, like the chessboard oh in, in the, yeah. uh, in the, uh, Intro. Well, yeah, I know. In the intro. I know. Like, like, it's it, it, like, it really, the whole thing is about moving chess pieces mm-hmm. and the human chess pieces later on in the first episode. Oh, but it, it's, it's really interesting to see how they're placing the pieces to move, to get to the next, get to the next move. And, and I, I think it's some Val Pacino's best acting that I've seen him do in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, uh, the Irishman, it, 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 he's, which I really like the fact that he's 
doing stuff that's not classic Al Pacino roles. Yeah. Uh, and kind of pushing himself a little bit again because he's re- he's a really good actor, but he just he fell into this this rut of playing himself constantly. It's, well, now, I felt like after he played Big Boy Caprice in Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. that every role after that he just had to be really loud. Yeah, yelly. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really, really enjoyed this first episode. I, I think it's going to be a really good show. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait to watch more of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the episode when it opens, you've got this uh, kind of like barbecue. And it's a family mm-hmm. barbecue, friends and family over there. And this guy named uh, Biff is uh, – he's the host <laughs> of this party. And he is recognized – by one of the guests of a guest, uh, this Polish woman, and she notices him. She remembers his face distinctly, that he was uh, a Nazi uh, that they called the Butcher of Arlov. And she starts to freak out, and uh, he tries to calm her down, and she just continues to create a scene at this barbecue. And Biff, this Nazi, now, you know, like... He pulls out, he, underneath the, underneath the grill, he pulls out a gun with a silencer and proceeds to shoot everyone at the party, including, <laughs> including his own kids Jeez. and, his own kids and wife. Yeah. And then calls in a cleaner to come there. Kind of like if you've ever watched Pulp Fiction and the wolf shows up and cleans up the yeah. scene. Calls a cleaner in there and they stage it that it's like this house burglary and that, uh, you know, d- just went crazy, and then he shoots him in the shoulder to kind of like make him part of this uh, crime scene that happened. Um, where that did you? Um, oh, go ahead. That actor, Dylan Baker. Yeah. Uh, have, did you ever watch the John Candy movie Delirious? God, long, long time ago. So he was in that, and in his character in that had a, like a brain tumor, and he was like losing his hair. And getting more and more sallow throughout uh, the movie, he that final image of him in this show reminded me so much of that final version of his character from that movie. Hmm. It, it just was it was crazy. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Yeah, um, we are introduced to a character, Jonah, played by Logan Lerman, and. He, his, it's his, is it his grandmother that's yes. murdered? Yeah, she's murdered by, basically a guy breaks into the house and says something like, you know, you know too much or something and then shoots her and he does nothing. And, um. Yeah, he sits, he like stands at the top of the stairs and is, yeah. you know, scared. So she, he had been beaten up at that point, so he, he was. Well, and the guy's holding a place. gun too. Like, what are you going to do yeah. in all honesty? Um, I think this kind of, this show is going to show like his progression as far as like stepping up and, and being more active when bad shit starts to happen. Cause he's, I don't know. Yeah. He's not, he's, he wants to be the aggressor, but yeah, in this moment he kind of step, step back and, and, uh, she was killed 
And so, but he's a brilliant guy. He's got a brilliant mind. He sees things differently than most people. Like if there's a code that's put in front of him, he'll see the code. Well, you get to see that in, uh, like, you know, in, in episodes and things like that. He's very brilliant. Basically, he finds his way into this group called the Hunters, led by Al Pacino's character. And these Hunters are now finding, you're finding out that Nazis are living in America and they've been living here for years and they are the ones hunting the Nazis. And by the second episode, like they're, they're on their first mission. Um, and you basically get to see like what the, the Nazi did to the Jews. They showed this one Nazi who would basically put on like kind of like an American idol type of performance where like he'd make Jews sing. And if they sang in the wrong um, octave or something like that, hit the wrong note, he would shoot them and there would only be one left at the end. And so they break into his house and he's, you know, playing the piano and now they're going to be judge, jury and executioner for this Nazi. It's a very satisfying show because Nazis were, <laughs> it's very sad. It, Nazis were, mon yeah. they were monsters. And so when you yeah, watch this, it's black and white. It's so clear that like they're doing, they're, they're doing the right thing here. Uh, Neil, dude, the scene where they showed the, uh, the Nazi guy playing chess. Mm -hmm. Wow. They were playing with real yeah. people. They were playing with real people. Um, Jews were Shirts the, and skins. Shirt, yeah. And Oof. when somebody would die in the game of chess, when a piece got knocked off the board, they would kill that person in real life. It was a, I mean, yeah. I know this sounds super dark, but there is, there, I don't know, there is, and it is, but there is like this fucked up satisfaction of watching these people pay for what they've done when you're watching they this. Said Nazis are always a mm -hmm. fun thing to watch. Like that woman in the sh <laughs> the woman in the shower that was like the, oh god. There was a woman in a shower, Jake, and there's a shower head, and gas starts coming out of the shower head, and she can't get out. She's banging on her on her shower, and it's gassing her. And come to find out. She was like a, uh, like a chemist, a scientist for the Nazi party and they, the hunters killed her. And I mean, it's, it, I, I'm fucking loving this show. I'm fucking yeah. loving it. I think it is, it's fantastic. I, I'm in the, the second episode, you start to get introduced to the actual hunters, like Josh Radner's character is like this actor and, and, um, he's a little bit of comic relief in the show and, but uh I'm digging it. I'm really fucking digging it. I think this could be I'm hoping this goes on for multiple seasons. I think um this is a good one to watch on Amazon. And it feels like Amazon hasn't been coming out with anything and if they are, it's not good other than like Fleabag or or you know Miss Maisel. I haven't really been looking forward to anything else that Amazon's been coming out with recently or the expanse yeah. i suppose but the boys was like months ago oh boys oh uh, yeah i cannot wait for season two of the boys but it, it's nothing like you think of jeff bezos and his billions you think that he would be putting in like netflix kind of like content all the time like netflix is dropping shit every fucking day it's insane like I have to have people tell me about new Netflix stuff because I'm I'm it's so yeah. hard to keep up with Netflix stuff. I I 
I don't see how anyone is going to be able to compete with Netflix in the streaming wars if they don't step up their fucking game. Yeah, Bezos seems to be, you know, have a little bit attention deficit disorder. Like he's got other corporations to take care of. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't keep focusing on the streaming where that's kind of the Netflix advantage. I mean, Netflix has nothing to do with their revenue, Mm. but put it into more revenue and make more content. I think Apple is Apple might step up and, and actually challenge them. Yeah, it seems like they're really putting out a ton of new content. They they usually have mm-hmm. at least something new every week. Apple could buy Netflix at at the end of the day if we really wanted mm-hmm. to be. You know, if you want to get if you want to talk about it, like, it, it could, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I'm saying like yeah, Apple. I don't know if Netflix would sell right. They they probably haven't hit the. Ceiling I'm talking about yet. dollars. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about dollars. Like yeah. if, if if you know like they have the money to buy Netflix. I'm not saying Netflix so would does accept. Bezos. So does Bezos, but yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, Jake, I agree. Like, I, I honestly, I don't want them. I don't want Apple to buy Netflix. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that right now. I think what Netflix is doing is pretty in, in, incredible, and I want to kind of see what they do. And I think what Apple's doing is incredible. I think they're a great service. It's worth the five fucking bucks a month, people. If you're not fucking, if you're not doing it, it's fucking worth it. They have some great programming on there, and they're dropping great shit all the fucking time. So. Yeah, I think you know, one of the big differences is Apple doesn't do any mature programming, right? They do. Absolutely oh, they, they fucking do. do. That that was a bullshit. Really? That was a bullshit fucking rumor. That was a bullshit oh, fucking nice. rumor. That fucking okay. Yeah, it, it's it's a bullshit rumor. They do adult shit. Yeah. Oh, okay, cuz I didn't know. I figured even like Servant was probably just PG-13 level. I mean, it they're not like so far it's not like I've been watching Apple TV and they're showing Game of Thrones cock up there, but on the flip side it <laughs> You know, I mean, they're going to, yeah. Well, I think Bezos is probably waiting to do that Lord of the Rings cock, right? That's what he's banking on. Oh, my God. <laughs> the cock ring. Oh my. Lord of the cock rings. <laughs> <laughs> One cock ring to rule them all. <laughs> the 75-cent gas station bathroom one. <laughs> fucking uh, oh Sauron looks like a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> The eye, the, the oh, brown okay. eye, the wow. brown eye yeah. of Sauron. <laughs> um, I, Hunters on Amazon Prime, I Tupperware it, people. I, and I, I even think the second episode is even better than the first. Um, the show, I think the second episode, yeah, the second episode really sets up like what this is going to be. I, I like how they break it down, Neil, in the second episode. They'll show you a scene at the beginning of the episode of like what this fucking Nazi piece of shit did. And then they're going to show you the vengeance, the plan nice. on getting vengeance on that Nazi in, uh, you know, later on in the episode. I, I, I think it's a fantastic fucking show. Hunters is an absolute Tupperware, and Pacino's killing it. He is killing it in oh. this series. I think he's doing a great job. What did you think about the Toy Store scene? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, with the darts. The darts. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I felt every single one of those darts. Just like, oh god. Yeah, this fucking this fucking retired Nazi. They're not even retired. They're they're all fucking active. They're all fucking like active fucking yeah. uh, agents. Once a Nazi, always a Nazi. Agreed. The, He's got Logan Lerman tied up to a chair, and he's throwing darts at him, Jake. And wherever they land, they land. 
you know, a shoulder, chest, stomach, leg, leg. It don't matter. It's, it's brutal. The show's brutal. He has like eight of them in his hand too. It's yeah. not just a couple of darts. It's a bunch of darts. Yeah. Uh, I watched the old steel tip darts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Classic steel tip darts. Thank God they weren't lawn darts. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't have taken more than one or two. <laughs> I, um, did you guys watch, uh, Duncanville on Fox, the new animated series? No. No. I, I don't even know of it. I've never heard of it. It is called Duncanville. Uh, it's on Fox. You can also watch it on Hulu the next day. I think it premieres on uh, Animation Sunday, so you can watch it on Hulu on Monday. Uh, Duncanville centers on the life of Duncan Harris, an average 15-year-old boy who is always one step away from making a bad decision. Along with Duncan lives his mom, a parking enforcement officer who dreams of being a detective someday and always has to watch Duncan. His dad who tries to be a better father figure to Duncan than his father was to him, his sister Kimberly, who was a normal teenager going through normal teen phases, and his other adopted sister, Jing, who is an intelligent five-year-old, always giving Duncan advice. Mia is Duncan's on-and-off crush. That is a fu- uh, That's a funny part of the show. It's created by Amy Poehler, uh, Mike Scully, and Julie Thacker. Uh, it stars Amy Poehler, uh, Ty Burrell, Ricky Lindholm. Uh, Amy Poehler plays a couple of characters in this. She plays Duncan, and then she also plays Annie, the mother to Duncan. Um, Ty Burrell plays Jack. Um, Ricky Lindholm is Kimberly. Um, Was Khalifa in this? Uh, are you looking at the IMDb? Yeah. Okay, I didn't get that on here, but yeah, I guess he is. Um, only one episode is out right now. Um, you know, all these, like, I watched Bless the Hearts. I watched the first episode, and that's like the Kristen Wiig show. I didn't like it, and maybe it got better because it did get renewed for a second season. But um, I watched the first episode of this. I was instantly hooked on this show. It is fucking hilarious. Rapid fire jokes, most of them hit, and you really get a feel. This episode was just packed, packed with so much, and um, I really enjoyed this. Like the episode starts with like you know Duncan, he's in bed, he's sleeping, he's having a dream, and he's going to be like this rock climbing guy, and he's climbing, he's free soloing this fucking uh, uh, mountain, and. He encounters a cartoon version of Alex Honnold from the uh, Free Solo documentary. <laughs> and Alex Honnold's like, hi, I'm Alex Honnold from the Oscar-winning documentary Free Solo. And, like, they have, like, a little back and forth. And then as he's climbing up, he, like, uses Alex Honnold's mouth to step off of. <laughs> and Alex Honnold is saying something at the same time. So you hear him say, like, <laughs> as he's got a foot in his fucking mouth. <laughs> Kid goes up to the top of this fucking mountain, falls off, and Wonder Woman rescues him. And then they proceed to, like, start to make out or something like that. It's I, I know it sounds stupid, but it's funny. The episode is about him getting his driver's license. He's got a crush on this girl. I think her name is Mia. And they end up going to kind of like this rave. They sneak out, and they take the, the, the parent's car, and they go to, like, this party and shit like that. It I don't know. You have... It's hard to kind of like tell you everything about this show because it's just, there's just so many rapid fire jokes happening that it's, it's hard to kind of like 
get into this anymore. You just have to watch this. You have to trust me here and watch this. Um, it, yeah, this it, sounds awesome, dude. I'm a hundred percent going to watch this. I I'm a huge Mike Scully fan. It's really good. It's really, really funny. And for a first, like for a pilot episode too, I, I think it did a great job at establishing like, all these different characters. He's got uh, his friends. Uh, let's see here. Oh, God. There's one of his friends that I thought was like they didn't spend too much time with her. Yeah. Um, Betsy Sidaro plays Bex, Duncan's tomboy friend who is seen as one of the boys. Um, she later rebuffs this and says how she could be a boy when she has boobs. I don't know. I don't know. It, you have to watch this fucking show. It's called Duncanville. You can watch it on Hulu or Fox. And I just, I, I, I'm in love with this show. This is something I'm going to be watching week to week. I've already added it to my list on Hulu. So Hulu will update me when a new episode drops. I loved it. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. Scully was the uh, showrunner on Simpsons for some of the real early seasons were oh, my all-time yeah. favorite episode, Lisa on Ice. I've seen that. I've seen that name pop up on The Simpsons. Yeah. 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 He was also a um, exec producer on Parks and Recreation, which makes a lot of sense since both um, Polaire and Rashida Jones are in this new show, Duncanville. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems like a lot of friends creatively got together and made a new animated comedy i i'm really excited to check nice. this out the animation looks really sharp on this too. it's good i loved it i laughed i laughed so much during this episode and it, it it's such a there's so much in this episode that by the time you get done you're like i can't believe i just watched like a you know like 22 minutes of this show because it feels like it's it feels like it's double that with all the things that happened in the episode. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's an incredible listen, so. Yeah. Listen to this crazy shit. Mike Scully was Yakov Smirnoff's head writer. <laughs> what? Like for his, his stand-up comedy routines. Hmm. Smirnoff was more of an actor and Scully was the one writing the actual like stand-up material. Oh. I love oh. this country. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes. What a what a comic genius. My here's the thing. <laughs> My parents go to Branson, Missouri. That's where all old people go to get entertainment when they're old. Branson, Missouri. It's I don't. It's a destination for people on their way out of life. And so <laughs> Branson. Yeah, it's like once you know you make go, like basically Branson is like heaven's waiting room. You know what I mean? Like like that's uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's. So anyway, my parents go to Branson and my mom and dad were just raving about the Yakov Smirnoff stand-up comedy show that they went to. They, they loved him. I was like, what is he even, I was like, Russia is not even around anymore. Like, what are they, what, what is he talking about anymore? <laughs> Apparently he's got an act, I guess. I don't know. And a good one too. Your parents loved it. They loved it. Oh yeah. And my dad is just like, you know, he's the fucking comedy authority. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is my dad my dad is just my dad is like the ultimate dad joke he's the like my dad is like the human embodiment of a dad joke that's my father i love him i love him but he is i think i, I get my sense of humor from uh my tormented childhood <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
my coping mechanism. Got to laugh about it. Some- <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, fuck! It was that or suicide. Oh, anyway. Um- <laughs> oh man! I know. Oh. I know. Taking it dark. Taking it dark. Um, <laughs> Neil, what do you have, man? Um. So. About a month ago, uh, either Lenny or Mark from the uh, Nerdaholics podcast posted on Facebook about A Stranger on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just checked it out this last week. It, it's, a, it's a British show. It's uh, eight episodes, I believe. Um, it stars uh, Richard Armitage. Uh, who was in the Hobbit movies? Yeah, he was one of the dwarves, and he was the voice of Wolverine on the the Long Night. And, uh, and wasn't he in Ca- was he, was he in Castlevania? Maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's Trevor Belmont in Castlevania. Thank you. I got street cred, bitches. <laughs> Uh, so it's him, uh, this guy, Sean Dooley, who is on my favorite show of all time, Misfits, uh, Siobhan Finneran, a bunch of other British people, Anthony Head, who played Giles on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Hannah John Kamen, who was Ghost in oh, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, a bunch of other British people. Anyway, it, it's... It's a murder. Oh my god! I'm like I'm looking at this picture show. of I'm looking at this picture of Kai Alexander on IMDb. Mm. Have you? Is this he plays Dante? Are you familiar with that character? Um. Oh yes, yes, yes. The kid. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't Kai Alexander look like he should be playing a banjo and raping somebody in the mountains? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. And he spends pretty much the entire entirety of the show either naked or in a hospital bed. So, mm, okay, works out really well for him. All right, all right, uh, go ahead, talk about the show. Sorry. <laughs> Basically, the little blurb is: it follows the lives of suburban families whose secrets and lives are made public by the appearance of a stranger. So it's it's just kind of a a whodunit. The first couple episodes made it seem almost like the outsider on HBO um, where you really didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then it kind of morphed into this more standard whodunit uh, kind of show. I, I really, really liked it. I, uh, I'll give it a high taste. It. It's, it's, it's got some really great performances, some really good camera work. Um, the plot is, it, it ends up being kind of derivative, but it is compelling throughout. Um, so that's what I watched. It's like eight episodes. They're about an hour each. Hmm. This is fun. The Strangers on Netflix. Did it? Uh, the Stranger, singular. The Stranger on Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we're not going to make the joke of the masturbation. <laughs> I mean, come on. Seriously, are you serious? We're classier than that. I mean, it, that's so easy. And like for the people that are listening right now that were thinking that, like we were going to go there, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. Oh yeah. So she says it's the first thing you went to when I asked you about it. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> that's true, Neil. That is true. Me and Neil had an, he, Neil, Neil asked me, what, how did that go? <laughs> I asked you if anybody talked about the stranger yet. <laughs> you said only in the mass, but only in the masturbatory sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have. Yeah. 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 How many times have either of you seen Deliverance? Uh, once. That's a perfect answer, Neil. Uh, three times? Shut the fu- I cannot watch Ned Beatty get butt fucked more than once in my <laughs> life. Like, that is like not, not on my, like, I never want to see that ever again. I yeah, mean, it, I haven't watched it in a decade. But there were, I mean, there was a time when I was really into watching terrible movies, like not like really well made movies, but mm-hmm. that were full of terrible content. Yeah, like, as like a test thing for being my friend, and so I would show it to people. That and Bad Lieutenant. Mm. You're a terrible. And some others. Maybe yeah. you're. Maybe you're the bad friend. Oh yeah, definitely. For showing that. I mean, <laughs> I, once was enough for me. Once on Deliverance was enough for me. I was done. Like, there's certain <laughs> movies that I will not, like, watch again. The original Wes Craven, Last House on the Left. Yeah, Horror Master. Brilliant. I will not watch the original Last House on the Left ever again. Ever again. <laughs> like, I had, I owned the DVD and a guy was like, hey, yeah, can I check that out? And I gave it to him, and I never asked for it back. I did not want it back. (laughs) Requiem for a Dream is another one on that list. There's other movies like, well, I've heard about that. I won't watch it because and 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 Strange Lands. I will not watch that either. That's another one on the list for sure. I've heard about that shit. What do you think about like? I don't know anything about Borderlands. I know we have a bunch of people that play video games and shit. What do you think about that? Eli Roth directing Borderlands. Based off the video game franchise, yeah, it's happening. Oh, that's that's really cool. That's a really fun video game franchise. Really, uh, yeah, it looks I'm not that cool. Big into first person shooters, but yeah. I played the uh, I played the Telltale game because it actually came free with the Game of Thrones Telltale game, and I was really surprised. I think I enjoyed Borderlands more than I enjoyed the Game of Thrones stuff. Hmm. It's just a really interesting, really like, good things about it. Yeah, they're like it's like a thieves guild, but then there's like it's in the future, so they have all this cool like weaponry and interesting like sci-fi conceits going on as well. Lots of droids it looks and like robots, Mad Max and shit. Some of yeah, the- I know there's a little a big, bit more technology. Okay, there's a big cosplay community around it. I know that. Oh, okay. uh, I have yeah. an ex-girlfriend who's a who's a friend on Facebook who cosplays as a character from Borderlands all the time. I cosplay as. Um, a mountain man and I've got like a nude Ned Beatty in front of me and I just <laughs> I, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I help out and just walk behind him and play the banjo <laughs> Jake's rocking some <laughs> fucking <laughs> Oshkosh yeah. Bigosh overalls and shit <laughs> oh my god I can't watch I'm not a big Eli Roth guy though me either I can't I can't I, I couldn't even want I honestly I've never seen any of the hostile movies I couldn't watch the what was it knock knock which was that the uh, Keanu Reeves movie where like the, the girls 
are, mm, are going to hurt correct. him or something. I never watched that. I can't, I can't get into the Eli Roth stuff. I've probably seen some Eli Roth movies, but I just can't name them off the top of my head. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that's going to be a hard R in like an Eli Roth movie or if this is him kind of doing like what Gore Verbinski did with Pirates of the Caribbean, like actually trying to make a noble a attempt movie. at a franchise movie. Well, I mean, an R rating like is pretty hot right now after Joker and and stuff like that. So Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey. Well, no, oh, Birds yeah, of Prey yeah, didn't do well. The, yeah, Birds of Prey didn't do. I fucking too love hot. that movie. Oh, I loved it too. But we're talking about box office numbers here. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I'm not so interested in seeing it though. If it's an Eli Roth splat fest, I'd rather see a lot of the neat sci-fi that's what i would want to see on. yeah i don't want to see all the fucking torture porn bullshit torture porn yeah. yeah uh final thing that i have to talk about is i watched the impractical jokers movie i oh, yeah, i saw that this came out was I, it good i'm a huge impractical jokers fan um not only am i an impractical jokers fan but i'm also a fan of the podcast tell him steve dave in which one of the jokers is on a podcast with Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan of the comic book men, Kevin Smith's friends, and they have a podcast called Tell Em Steve Dave, and I've never missed an episode. Like, for some people, like, listening to PCL is, like, what gets them through the week. Getting me through the week is fucking listening to Tell Em Steve Dave. Like, that's my podcast that I listen to. Um, and so uh, I'm kind of biased <laughs> when it comes to to the Impractical Jokers, especially Brian Quinn. I love Brian Quinn. But anyway, uh, it's the story of a humiliating high school mishap from 1992 that sends the Impractical Jokers on the road competing in hidden camera challenges for the chance to turn back the clock and redeem three of the four Jokers. It's directed by Chris Henchy. It stars Brian Quinn, Joe Gatto, James Murray, Sal Volcano, and Paula Abdul. Also, uh, Casey Jost, uh, who is Colin Jost's brother. He's also a writer on the Impractical Jokers, and he's hosted some of the behind-the-scenes after-show segments for the Jokers. He's also in this. But, uh, yeah, the story starts off with back with them in, like, 1992, and they're going to a Paula Abdul show. They sneak into the show because they wear security jackets, these yellow security jackets. They sneak into the show. And then Joe gets up on stage and makes a fool of himself, ruins the fucking show for Paula Abdul. The whole place just it the whole show is just ruined because of the jokers years later they end up meeting seeing her in a restaurant and uh she doesn't recognize them as the guys that ruined her show but she recognizes them as the jokers and invites them to go to her concert in miami florida and gives them passes to see the show the only problem is she only gave them three passes there's four jokers so now they got to compete for these camera challenges all the way down to Miami, Florida, and the person that loses does not get to go to the Paula Abdul show. I don't know what's more ridiculous, the challenges or the fact that these guys are fans of Paula Abdul still. But um, <laughs> so uh, it's the all of the camera challenges are real. There's a story. It's kind of like the Borat movies where they, they do a little bit of acting, but like all the shit that you see in the movie, like the challenges and stuff like that, that's all real. And you get real reactions from people and the Joker's doing stuff. Um, they stop in Atlanta and they, they try to get for the Atlanta Hawks are, they have like an, 
they're they're hiring somebody in in um, they're hiring somebody for the Atlanta Hawks, and apparently, like the, Joe Gatto goes into his fucking challenge, and he's meeting with the head of security, and um, he's sitting down with her, and he's like. He's being really weird, first of all, but then he's like, can, can I get up? I got to go to the bathroom. And instead of going to the bathroom, he just jumps. He goes out onto the court and starts shooting hoops. And then he and then he comes back and he's like, he's like, did you see that? I was shooting hoops. Your security sucks here. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I'm not doing this movie justice, but there's like and, and there's another scene with Joe. They're like on a cave tour. There's like this guy showing these people like these caves and they're on this cave tour and they make Joe dress up like he's almost like Gollum in Lord of the Rings and he's fucking got like a bald head in his face. He's got like pointed ears and his face is just like really gross and like pale and like he's been down there a long time. He looks like a moloid or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's wearing an I, I'm the beef shirt from the 1980s <laughs> and he – Basically, he comes out there and he's like, he's like, I've been lost here since 1980 something. And he's like, I was looking for the gift shop and I got lost. And a guy on the tour goes like, it's to your left. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, some of these challenges are just insane. Brian Quinn is speaking at a conference on how to be a better social influencer and see what you don't know about like their challenges is like he's up there and he's just got to read what they put on the screen and he's got to talk to these people, but he doesn't know what the jokers have put into this presentation and the jokers filmed his actual parents. And these are 100% his actual parents. I've seen them on the show before and his mom was on the most recent episode of tell him Steve Dave. But anyway, they had, He's like, he's like, okay, we're going to watch this video from this guy. And, you know, he's a leading guy in this field or blah, blah, blah. And it cuts out and it's his real mom and dad. And they're doing like a porn parody. And like, oh my gosh. his dad <laughs> is like, hi, I'm the, I'm the guy from the, like the lawn service, the tree service. I'm here to plant seed. And she's like, I know where you can plant that seed. And like, it's his real fucking mom. And Brian Quinn is just like, oh my God, I was fucking dying. Um, this movie is, if you're an Impractical Jokers fan or a fan of Tell Him Steve Dave, this movie is a must watch. It is fucking hysterical. There are Tell Him Steve Dave Easter eggs in this movie. Um, the hula girl on the dashboard of Quinn's car is named Stacy after Stacy Patella, BQ's assistant. Um, he drives by a bunch of guys wearing four, uh, the four color demons patches, which I thought was very cool. Um, Brian Quinn is wearing a Prussian, uh, Prussian kissing devil t-shirt throughout the movie. And if you've listened to tell him Steve, Dave, you know about the Prussian, Prussian kissing devil. He, there's an episode of tell him Steve, Dave, Q comes back and he brings in this fucking like skull and he's saying it's a real fucking skull. And he said that he went to like this curiosity shop in Pennsylvania and he tried to buy this skull from the shop owner and the guy said no. 
And then Q could not stop thinking about this skull. And so he went back the next day to buy it. And the owner of the skull had died. So he's talking to the guy's son and the son sold it to Q and it's said to bring bad luck to people that mock the skull. And if you like leave money for it, like, like it, it, it can bring you good luck and stuff like that. And like, there's a whole episode on that fucking skull. They ended up like making skulls to, to sell as, you know, on, on their website for, on the, on, on the merch, for the merch side. And like nobody bought them. So they've got like thousands of skulls <laughs> that nobody's bought. So I think, God. so I think that's why fucking Q wore that fucking shirt in the movie so they could sell some more fucking skulls on their website. Anyway. That's smart though. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to buy a pressing kissing devil shirt <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, they uh they also had uh, Joey Joey Fatone from InSync was uh in the movie because he's really good friends with BQ. He's had him on Tell Him Steve Dave. And then we got our first my first look at Benjamin Cat, which is his real life cat. He FaceTimes his cat in the movie, which I thought was awesome. So if you're a fan of Tell Him Steve Dave, you're going to fucking love this cuz there's some Tell Him Steve Dave Easter eggs in the fucking movie and I was blown away by that. But I fucking Tupperware the fuck out of this movie. Um it's PG-13. They do use their one F word and I think it's placed very well. I loved it. I, I think everybody needs to go out and see this. The, the pranks that they pull are just hilarious. I love this show and, uh, Tupperware the fuck out of, uh, Impractical Jokers, the movie. Loved it. It sounds hilarious. I have to see that. I, I, I like this kind of stuff way more than like the jackass kind of stuff. Just the whole, like hidden camera, see how people reacted to just yeah. crazy shit. It, it cracks me up. Yeah, I'm, I love it all. I love, <laughs> I love it. I love Jackass too. <laughs> I can't wait for Jackass 4. I recently watched Jackass 3 again. It's streaming on Amazon. Me too. Prime. Did you? Yeah, I just watched it again about a month ago. Yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched it like, uh, two weeks ago or something. It's so, so good. funny. I love it. I Did you ever watch the old CKY videos? Mm, I don't think so. Like CKY two K. Uh uh. Yeah. So before, like before they got picked up by MTV, uh, all those guys, except for Johnny Knoxville, used to hang out together and make these same kind of little, little movies uh, of them doing the jackass stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Did you that up and hey, they added Johnny Knoxville? Have you seen? It's the Big Brother documentary. No. It's a, you know, Big Brother, the fucking skateboarding magazine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how, like, most of these guys met. They were all skaters and shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, yeah, because I, when I was living in Hawaii, that was one of the things we used to do was get really fucked up and watch CKY. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you watch that so anywhere? Much fun. <sighs> Maybe. I, I've never, I haven't really looked into it, but be awesome to see that shit again because it was them all as you know teenagers basically yeah doing that same stupid ass shit they do but it's hilarious yeah the movie that i'm talking about the documentary about jackass is called dumb the story of big brother and it's on hulu okay it's really fucking good i've reviewed it on pcl before it's really fucking good man 
that out after the show. Yeah, yeah. It's called Dumb, which is also what we're going to title this episode. Let's take a break. Unless you guys got anything else. No, I'm ready for a break. Break it up, Neil. Yeah. Break. Get up. All right. We'll be. I don't know. (laughs) Nice cheer. I'm really feeling the PCL spirit after that. I know, man. I'm, I'm full of the fucking spirit right now. Break it up. Break it up. Uh, we'll be right back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers. And on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck was that? Why did I do that? Startled me a little bit, honestly. I, I scared myself. (laughs) <laughs> I scared myself. Jake, Neil. Oh, shit. Got a new invention for you. We took a break. I thought about this on the break. Got a new invention for you. Yeah, I got one of these Fitbits. I use the Fitbit. It shows me how many steps I take every day. It shows me how many calories I burn. It shows me my fucking beats per minute on my heart and shit. Anyway. And so it's a good, it's a good way to track your progress. You know, your fitness level and all that shit, right? And you, it's even got settings. I can go in here and I can set exercise and I get, it's got like different exercises and shit. You can set it to run if you're running, bike if you're biking, swim if you're swimming, treadmill if you're treadmilling. If, <laughs> we follow. Yeah. Weights, uh, you know, all that stuff. So it's got all that stuff here. Why don't they have one? And I know that they can't do it with the Fitbit, but why can't they do one? For like when you're having sex, you can track your sex progress, you know, and they can call it clit bit, clit bit. <laughs> and you can track like, you know what I mean? You can track how you, you know, sex, like how, how many orgasms you induce, how many orgasms you have. Yeah. Well, calories you burn, calories you're burning during <laughs> sex. You can, uh, you know, what your, what your heart rate is, uh, how long it went. Cause you, you start a session. And you, you could, and how romantic is that? Right before you have sex, you, you look to your wrist and you like start a session. Hold on, honey. Hold on. Before I, before I slide my cock inside of you and, uh, we start with the lovemaking. Uh, I'm going to look at my watch here and, uh, I'm going to start the session. And then once it's done, like once you roll off of her, then you can click end and you can end the session. I think she'll get it. That's a yeah. romantic thing ever. It's hot, isn't it? 
And then it you is get, hot. And then after you're done, instead of the pillow talk and all that shit, you can talk about like the different stats. Compare stats, even. Compare stats. Like, oh fuck, yeah. I look at you, you lazy fuck. You didn't ride me or nothing. Look at look at look at your shit compared to mine. <laughs> your sexual performance is down eighty seven percent from last week. <laughs> And as soon as like, like you could like, but like you could switch different positions. Oh, that, that, that might take too long. Oh, now I'm looking for doggy style. Now I'm looking for reverse cowgirl. Now, you know what I mean? Do you have to like scroll through every time you wanted to switch to a different position in order to track it properly? I think make the app more like a Simon Says type thing where you, you change positions <laughs> when, when the app tells you to. <laughs> Less intrusive that way. So now you've got technology telling you how to fuck? <laughs> Not necessarily how, just suggestions, you know? <laughs> Maybe you can set all that up before the actual the actual fuck you need to like, set up. Okay, we're going to do seven minutes of missionary, and then we're going to do... <laughs> You know, you set it up so like all the different alarms are there, so you're not fumbling around with it. Well, my Fitbit, my Fitbit will like it wants me to do at least 250 steps per hour. So like, and like if it's like uh, you know 750, it'll tell me like, oh, you only have 140 steps left this hour. So like this, the Clitbit, it'll be like, dude, you only got 14 more pumps left. You can do it, and it's encouraging you. <laughs> it'll play it's some like, like fucking baseball so you can calm down. It'll show you pictures. It'll show you pictures of like your grandma or something. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Or it could, it could change to your grandma's voice or something. Yeah, I know. Oh god, you're doing great, honey. <laughs> You're doing great. You two look. You two were made for each other. You look fantastic. And then I. Oh man, wouldn't that be awesome? Like you know, like when you're on a roller coaster and it takes your photo. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had like that same technology in your bedroom? And the moment like one of you climaxes, it takes your picture. <laughs> <laughs> vinegar strokes pictures. Yeah, vinegar stroke photo. <laughs> and, the, and to commemorate the moment, you know what I mean. I like it. I like it. Sony came out with a camera years ago. I actually own it, and it, it, it's it's got like the smile technology, and it only takes the picture like when you smile, like once you hit like full smile, it focuses on your face, and when you smile, it takes a picture. It takes really good pictures. That's the way uh, that the, uh, the orgasm camera. The, you know what I mean? That's what it would do. Like so it would, it would know when you captures fucking your O face. It captures your O face. If there's no picture, you know they faked it. Oh, and I, I would love it if you got like. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I like that, man. <laughs> mm. And then it. Brilliant, oh, Jake. You can. Uh, this is good. We should have two versions. We should have regular Clipbit and then like Clipbit Premium. Clipbit Premium. <laughs> You know, no advertisements in the middle of doing it. And <laughs> none of that stuff. Just a picture of, like, the person riding you and then, like, their O-face. And it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> Easy links to share those pictures to all your different social media platforms. Uh, don't, don't worry, everybody. It's on the cloud. You know, it's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> she looks like she was in cloud nine when this picture was taken. <laughs> oh. Cloud 69. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. I know. The jokes get worse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> These are things I think about in our five-minute breaks. <laughs> Jesus, good thing we don't have a ten-minute break ever. Fuck. No. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. I don't know if I want to read. I don't know this. Uh, uh, Bill and Ted face the music news from Dark Horizons here. Uh, it appears as though the upcoming Bill and Ted face the music might have something of a real time uh, element to it, according to the long awaited films director Dean Parasat. And this film and the uh, follow up to the previous two iconic comedies, Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan are now fathers and have yet to fulfill their rock and roll destinies. Their lives change when they are visited by a messenger from the future who warns them that only their song can save life as we know it. Currently in the post-production phase, Parasat took some time out to talk with Empire Online and revealed that this new assignment uh, the pair are given has a time component, a rather short one in fact. Quote, we've gone from a homework assignment to saving all space and time, we bypassed all those possible traumas in the middle. They have an hour and 18 minutes, so they're in trouble. And let's say that they have to travel all over the place to try and figure it out. Uh, yes, yeah, Samara Weaving uh, and Bridget Lundy Payne co-star in the film as the pair's daughters, who are also into music. William Sadler's coming back. Jillian Bell's in this one. Kristen Shaw, Kid Cootie. Yeah, that, that's. I kind of thought that that would be the case, right? There's always some kind of supernatural, science fiction, otherworldly twist in both the previous movies. So I'm not surprised there's going to be potential time travel involved in this movie. Well, it's not just time travel. They're, they're on. Uh, they have an hour and 18 minutes. They're on a time Basically restraint. Basically, the movie will be real time. Real yeah. time. A time restraint. Yeah. Beck Bennett's going to be in this from uh, hmm. SNL. Oh, I love Beck Bennett. That's good. He's so good. Yeah. I mean... Wait. So, wait, so the article is saying that there's going to be a real time thing happening? That's uh, that's what I'm getting from Dean Parasot here. He says they have an hour and 18 minutes. Like, that's the entire like run of the movie. So they have an hour and 18 minutes to get this figured out. Even though they have a time, a time machine, they have an hour and 18 minutes. Do you think we're going to see any, uh, like, Forrest Gumping in this movie where they have, you know, modern day Alex Winters and Keanu, like, seeing themselves from the original movies? Well, they did that in the fucking Walmart commercial, if you've seen that. No, I haven't. There's a Walmart commercial where, like, they're they're showing like this Walmart commercial. They're showing like people picking up their orders at Walmart, so they they order in and like Bill S. Preston uh, Esquire shows up, and it's old Bill and young Bill, and they both show up to pick up their order from Walmart. So I I I one hundred percent think that if I think we will, and I think like if we do get a George Carlin cameo, it'll be him with them. Yes, it'll be him with them. 
they'll see like that first, you know, encounter at the Circle K or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like a good time to do that. Like, I, you know, sometimes that can be real hackneyed and been there, done that. But this feels like an appropriate time to do that kind of technology. Because in the in the original movie, they had that that Circle K scene like the, the first time, and then they watched themselves do it yeah. the second time. Yeah. They exactly. didn't ever. They haven't revisited it since then, right? No, they have not. So that would be like the perfect thing for them to do would be to watch the third, like revisit it and watch themselves in the third iteration. I remember when the writers were talking about this movie and wanting to get this movie made early on. They were basically saying that, like, if Bill and Ted do not, um become like if they don't make this song that's going to like you know create peace across like the world and the universe it's not even just the world it's the universe cuz like we met station an alien who is in fact like affected by their music in the second movie if they didn't do that it's just going to cause like this crazy like time rift where things are just like out of control and they talked about like dinosaurs walking the earth again and Jesus playing baseball. So, I mean, just all these weird things happening. So we'll see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And like, if they do have a real time, like you have an hour and 18 minutes thing going on. Like, I think that that'll be kind of interesting. I hope that there's not a fucking clock counting down at the bottom of the screen or something the entire time. That would no. drive me nuts, but. That would be stupid. I think there's more fun, creative ways to kind of establish the flow of time if that's the plan. You know, just show us a clock as you're moving to a scene on a wall, and that's good enough. Other than William Sadler, would you guys want to see anybody else come back from the movies? Like maybe Station or I don't know, um, you know, any of the like Genghis Khan or or Billy the Kid. Or I, for me personally, I would be happy with just like I, I definitely want to see Station again and. I'm happy that death is coming back, but that's really all I need in this to be. Oh, I need, I need their parents to come back. If those, if the actors yeah. that are playing the parents are still alive, I need them to come back. I heard the rumor that you know how it was, um, B- Bill's dad was dating the girl that they went to school with. Right. And in the second movie, it was Ted's dad that was now with her, that was married to her. I heard that in the third movie, she's married to William Sadler's death character, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> that's hilarious. I hope that's true. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Socrates coming back. Oh, give me more Socrates. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like Napoleon. I think Napoleon was my favorite. Napoleon of all was, a, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! So I don't think I need any of the historical figures, though. They had their time and their place in the first movie. Yeah. That would seem a little bit too sequelitis, I think, to throw any of that in there. And I don't know how those characters of age. And I would imagine the actor that played Socrates is probably dead. Yeah, he, he looks like he was almost dead. Then. He looked, but yeah, he looked like he had one foot in the grave when we were watching that. <laughs> <second movie>. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. We're, oh man, sad. We're not. Death get- look more lively. <laughs> it's true. It's sad we're not getting Carlin back for this one, you know? Yeah. yeah it's sad we don't get Carlin in our lives in general. Yeah, I know. God, the world needs <sighs> it. The world needs Carlin right now. Yes, it does. We need that fucking voice of reason. Um, 
we'd been hearing that Disney was planning on more Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, we were all wondering if they would be doing a reboot or would the story continue from the you know previous three films. Uh, Dark Horizons had an article titled Disney's New Apes is not a reboot. Now, guys, I, every outlet that was out there was reporting that this was a reboot. Um, I hope I'm reporting the right news here. I'm. They're saying this is like an updated article saying it's not a reboot, and it's after that they they talked with uh, Wes Ball, the film's director, and he shot down this rumor on Twitter. It, this is what it sounds like to me from his statements. He says it's never been easier for film journalists to actually get in touch with the actual people who actually know, but maybe it's the point to not fact check these days. Regardless. Don't worry, I won't ruin the surprises, but it's safe to say Caesar's legacy will continue. So if you watched War for the Planet of the Apes, you know, at the end of that movie, Caesar dies. But they're talking about, it sounds like he's saying the Caesar's legacy will continue, that this is not going to be a reboot, that it's going to push the story forward from like where Matt Reeves left off. Yeah, I read this article as well, and it sounded pretty legit that everything was still canon, that stuff that Caesar did is still going to matter. And he, he's still going to be the reason all of this jump started. Yeah. I, so I, that's good. I think it's silly for them to, I, I don't think we're ready for a reboot just yet. If you're going to go on with the fourth, Didn't the movie, last movie come out like two years ago, came out in 2017. So yeah, about two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but no, I agree. That's a great There's point. No reason to reboot it. That's a great point, Neil, even though Disney now owns the apes, Right. It's I mean, too soon. But if Disney wants to well, do Disney any, owning the apes is what created the fake news in the first place. Exactly. Right? That's why people <clears throat> leapt to that conclusion in the first place. It's oh, Disney owns the franchise now. They're going to ignore the first three movies and all the Caesar stuff. They're right. just going to, yeah. You know, it's a franchise that's been ripe for starting over. It's not like it wouldn't be the first time that it just got halted and started over again. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I think Disney is well, smart here. Um, I do agree that it is crazy in a time where you can just there's so much easy access to these creators to just create that dumb fake click news because, you know, you just kind of connect the dots into what you think is reality. It's just a super annoying facet. In I think I covering think, pop culture entertainment news. I think yeah, Disney was lo- I think Disney was looking at this as like, why? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And all those movies are super profitable. I think like all three movies the combined box office is like 1.68 billion. So, um, and it could even be more. I don't know, but like, it, why change it? Why change it? It just continue with what they had going. You know, well, it's kind of like what they've said about Deadpool. They're going to keep doing mm-hmm. Deadpool movies because yeah. why wouldn't they? I mean, they're making a fuck ton of money. If if they did anything else, if Disney did anything with the Planet of the Apes. If they had to do like a reboot, the only way I'd want to see it is if they did a Disney Plus series for Planet of the Apes. I agree that with that. Fun. I agree with that. But I'd almost still rather see that spun In off canon, of though. too. Yeah, yeah. But I get what you're saying. If they're going to do it from the beginning again, mm-hmm. then let's do the slow burn and let's give it the hour-long drama every week. Yeah, yeah. I love Planet of the Apes. I still love the original movies. I still – yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love the originals. I love fucking Rod. God bless Roddy McDowell. They, Roddy McDowell. Yeah, Roddy McDowell. The thing is, like those movies, progressively, if you've watched any documentaries on those movies, the budgets for each film got progressively lower. 
Oh, yeah. You can see it. You can see it. (laughs) And by the time that they were doing the TV series, it was like they – the budget was just stripped. Um, They had a cartoon. Tim Burton version. I I can't remember who owns the comic book rights, but there are some really great fucking – uh, Planet of the Apes comic books out out there. Uh, my favorite uh, series was called Cataclysm. Planet of the Apes Cataclysm, and uh, mm. I highly highly recommend uh, that. There was a. Uh, do you remember in uh, Return of the Planet of the Apes, it, the second film, which had a brief cameo by Charlton Heston in that one? Mm-hmm. I still like that one, but it was when they went underground. They were introduced like to the humans of the future that they were still there and they were stripped of their skin and they, but like we've like developed some kind of like way to communicate, like the humans had advanced. We've evolved Um, in the, in the cataclysm movie, you find out that some of those humans are wearing ape masks and trying to masquerade as apes. It's it's really fucking fascinating that comic is really good. Oh wow, trying to take back over. Yeah, it's it's really fucking good, man. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, at the end of Return of the Planet of the Apes, like the fucking humans are worshiping that nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, god. oh god. I I love those movies. They they and then oh god, when the Roddy McDowell and the I think that was at the third or the fourth one where they fucking went back in the, the the apes went back into the past and they were like in the 1970s and they were like, it was like a fish out of water thing where they basically became celebrities in the 1970s and they were living like the apes were living in our past. That's <laughs> that's where the budget dictates the plot when they're doing yeah. that story. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that always for three ape suits. Who we got? One of the things that bothers me is like certain movies. I don't know if it bothered you guys at all, but Teen Wolf really like I love those movies. I even love the Jason Bateman sequel, Teen Wolf Two, not spelled with a number two, but T O O. But I I know that I love those movies because of the nostalgia. But on the flip side, like the way people like don't react to a fucking werewolf man, like. It's not, you know, you would think that like the news would just go nuts that there's a fucking werewolf man. And it's basically like only people in the town know. And all the girls in the high school want to fuck the werewolf boy. It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is bizarre. Remember the 80s cartoon version of that? I loved that. They had the original. They had the actor that played the dad voicing the dad on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that show, that Teen Wolf animated series in the 80s. That was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, Man. <laughs> I, I thought, God, I got to find that playing somewhere. I would like to watch. Just, I would like to see, like, the pilot again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, see how well it holds up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a fun show back in the day. Dude, it was so weird. Back in the 80s, we got some weird fucking cartoons. There was a... Yeah, um, we did. There was a there was a cartoon about the Rubik's Cube was po- uh, popular and there was a Rubik's Cube fucking cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid that I loved and like it was a, a yeah, Rubik's I it, too. it was a Rubik's Cube and he had the face of like one of those troll dolls from you know what I mean with the sp- <laughs> yeah yeah with the Don King hair and shit and his name was Ruby and it was such a weird fucking show but I fucking loved it man. 
<laughs> I love yeah, that. Almost every property. I remember the Saturday Supercade. It was just nothing but video game based cartoons. There was the Dragon Slayer cartoon. Super, Dragon Slayer. Pac Man. Yeah. Fucking. Um, yeah, I love those. Those are great. And then later on, we got Captain N. Oh, yeah. I love Captain N. Me too. News from Dark Horizons. Oscar winning and Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins has been set to star in Cuz and Mike, the story of Mike Tyson's gamed trainer, Cuz the Amato, who molded the fighter into becoming the ferocious boxer and youngest heavyweight title winner ever. Both a character study and a sports biopic, Nick Casavetes, The Notebook, John Q, uh, he's the director behind those films, will helm pen and direct the film based on the original screenplay by Desmond Nakano and the novel Mike Tyson, Money, Myth, and Betrayal. Uh, the story will chart how he taught the brilliant, uh, how the t- how the tough but brilliant Diamato became the father figure to the wayward ad- adolescent Tyson, who would go on to become the revered fighter and then f- uh, a figure of controversy. Diamato died in 1985 and trained the likes of Floyd Patterson and Jose Torres. The search for young Tyson is underway and filming aims to begin in the spring of, uh, to begin in the spring and summer of 2020. So they're looking for a young Tyson. I think, first off, I'm 100% intrigued by the project. Um, I think that uh, a Mike Tyson movie is, way overdue a, a good one i think they've had had them made them in the past uh but a, like a big hollywood production is way overdue and um i uh i think that uh, anthony hopkins as uh cuz is fucking is fantastic i don't know have you guys watched any tyson documentaries i know he did like the one man um, show on HBO that I thought was fantastic. There's some other Tyson documentaries out there. One just called Tyson. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, but um, I think... Yeah, I've seen both the HBO special, Tyson. Yeah. HBO did a couple shorter, even half an hour specials, just about a couple different matches. Spike Lee directed that HBO special that, uh, you know, when it's Mike Tyson just in front of an audience kind of telling his life story. That was directed by Spike Lee. Oh, yeah, wow. And I, I love the casting of this. I, I think Anthony Hopkins is just going to straight up fucking murder this role. Oh, totally. Totally. The guy, guy is still fucking killing it, man. And he's, he's, he's old as shit right now. And he's still fucking <laughs> killing it. Like he killed it in fucking Westworld. He was the best part of that fucking last Transformers movie. Uh, you know, uh, but. Thank God he's going to be in something else after that. True. True. <laughs> um, who. You know those guys you're always hoping that this isn't their last role. Mm-hmm. Like Raw Julia in Street Fighter. Raw Julia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that poor guy. Jesus. Or John Jesus. Candy. Or Chris Farley. Oh, John Candy was in, it was, what is that? Was, was it was Wagon's East. Who did that one? Both That's of John them. John Candy. That was John, but, but, uh, Farley's Chris last Farley's one. Farley's last one was a uh, Western too. It was. That, I, I always thought that that was weird. It was, uh, it was, it was bizarre. Uh, his Western thing with, with, with Matt, uh, Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry. Yeah. 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 I always thought that that was weird when I went back when that happened, when they, when after Chris Farley passed away. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad we didn't lose Seth MacFarlane. Oh, oh get shit. the fuck out of here. 
Fucking the Orville's fantastic. The Orville's fucking fantastic. I love American Dad. <laughs> I know, I know. I just had to make. I, I just had to make the joke. I know you and fucking Seth MacFarlane. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. He's not a. He's not. He's as far as like. I don't know. I love the Orville. I think it's fucking great. And I love, uh, I'm a big fan of American Dad, so. Jesus Christ. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking Seth MacFarlane haters out there. I got a question for you. He's the first person I could think of that was a comedian in a Western movie. Neil, are you looking forward to this? Oh, God, Mike Tyson's Mysteries on Adult Swim is one of my favorite fucking cartoons. Love it. But anyway, Neil, are you looking forward to That show's so ridiculous. It's so great. (laughs) Fucking Norm MacDonald is a goddamn pigeon. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Norm is great on that show. Uh, Neil, does this interest you at all? Yeah, actually. uh, I've always found Mike Tyson to be an interesting human being that I don't really know much about. And, yeah, with the way you've described this movie, it, it does sound really, really compelling. It's, Especially with Anthony Hopkins in there. I mean, I'll watch anything that guy does, even if he's drunk, which he is half the time. Iron, he was half the time. Fucking Iron Mike, dude. Back in Jake, back in the day. God damn. Like, unstoppable. Just unstoppable. If he got in on you and got inside if he was able to uppercut you you're fucking done it's fucking over against iron mike back when he was yeah they had it right in the fucking nintendo game basically yeah yeah if you if you got hit by one punch you were ko that was it it was over i mean i just an incredible boxer just just an incredible boxer but who would you and i know i'm not giving you guys a lot to a lot of time to think about this but who would you want to play young tyson and and don't say Michael B. Jordan because no, that, that's too on the nose at this point with the Creed. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, shit, man. Who would I want to play a young Mike Tyson? What a tough role. I've got it. I've got what an answer. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, let's from, not dead uh, air it. The guy from uh, played Black Manta and who was in Watchmen. Oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Abdul Mateen. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen. That's a, that's decent. I think I got one better. What about Mike Coulter? That's good too. I think I got one better. What you got? What you got? Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight. Oh, he kind of has the look in the face a little bit. He was in The Predator. He was also in uh, Bird Box. He's 30 years old, but he can look much younger in my opinion. And if you look at these guys, Mike Tyson in real life is 5 foot 10 and Rhodes is 5 foot 10 and a half and Rhodes is jacked. I think that I I think he could nice. bulk up even more for this. Like in Moonlight, he played like the third version of the main character that was like super jacked and you know, I mean fucking just fierce looking. I, I, I think Trevante Rhodes would kill it in this role. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I wonder how much involvement Tyson himself will have in this. I'm sure quite a bit. Uh, he'll be an executive producer, I bet. I would bet mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, they're definitely not making it underneath him. Like, I think it's, you know, meant to be an ode to his career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, I wonder if they're getting to, like, the... I, I, I bet they'll get into stuff in his later life. I, I wonder if they'll get into like the Robin Gibbons stuff, though. 
Well, when did the character, um, what's the name of the coach again? Uh, Kaz Diamato. Do you know when he passed away? 85. Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's the arc here. That we're not going to get much further than that, right? Yeah. No, it, it's, it, it goes on to say in this article, um, that, um, here we go. Uh, the story will chart how the tough but brilliant Diamato became a father figure to the wayward adolescent Tyson, who would go on to become the revered fighter and then a figure of controversy. Um, is that is is the story? It's called Cuz and Mike. It, it sounds like it's going to be about that era of Tyson's career. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I wonder if it because yeah because you're because there's a lot they, that happens after there's a lot that happens after Cuz dies though. It may it may touch on some of that stuff, but. Uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be the bulk of it's going to be about their lives together. I would agree. It'll touch yeah. on some of Cuz's stuff before and some of Tyson's stuff after, but mostly yeah. it's going to be about their early year, their years together. Maybe just a like ten fifteen minutes post after Cuz's death, just to see how Tyson reacts to finding out that news or it yeah. happening. But I wouldn't see it going much further than that, other than giving you maybe some information at the end in written form over some, you know, famous pictures. Yeah. It's just a lot of the controversy, uh, with Tyson happened after cause died and a lot of his like, um, work ethic and stuff kind of like was affected after cause died. Like, I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why he lost the Buster Douglas fight. He put on, he put on a bunch of weight, and was not at peak performance when he fought Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas, coming off the loss of his mother, wanted to win the fight because, you know, he, his mother had just recently uh-huh. passed away. And Buster Douglas was cut and in the best shape of his career. All the, you know, all the, all the, uh, just all this stuff that we didn't see going on before that fight happened. And then, like, you know, all these things just... You know, came together and Buster Douglas was able to fucking beat Mike Tyson and then got a fucking Sega Genesis video game after him. <laughs> I watched that fight live. That was some shocking ass shit. I watched that shit live on HBO too, dude. And it, I mean, it, Tyson was in Japan. This was his first fucking trip to Japan. And Japan, like they were, they basically in the newspapers and on TV, Japan was like, they, they were looking at Tyson as Godzilla. Godzilla going over there to fucking just wreck this guy. They were calling him Godzilla. He was going to wreck this guy. And his first fucking fight in Japan, he gets, everybody was shocked. It was insane. Nobody could beat Mike Tyson. Fucking Fresh Prince fucking rapped a song. Like, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. I mean, and, and. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could beat. (laughs) Buster Douglas himself was probably fucking shocked. Yeah. Nobody, (laughs) nobody ever thought that anybody would beat, knock out Mike Tyson. Ever. It was, he was just a fucking beast. He was a fucking beast. I, 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 but Anthony Hopkins in this role, I cannot wait for this fucking, uh, this movie. I hope it's, uh, I, that's great casting. That's great fucking casting. It almost makes me think, Jake, is this gonna be, is this gonna be more centered around Cuz than Tyson? I feel like it is. Yeah. I, just the, the, the casting of Anthony Heidel, yeah. The name of the movie. Mm-hmm. I really feel like 
yes, you're going to learn a lot about Mike Tyson, but I don't think that's what the point of this movie is. Well, they ca- and they ca- it's not like they cast Tyson first; they cast Cuz first. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Tyson. Like, let's say the guy that plays Tyson does an incredible award. I think he'd be nominated for a supporting actor in this script. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 falling in line with that thought, that uh, line of thought too. Um, did you see Quibi? Quibi's got a couple new things coming out here. This is from Dark Horizons. Uh, they confirmed that the full cast of Reno 911 are set to return for uh, the show's seventh season for the short form streaming service. So Reno 911's coming back on Quibi. That's a big get for them. That's a property a lot of people know and will be very happy to see again. And the format itself, I think, works a lot for that property, too. Uh, I think Quibi Quibi works better than a whole movie. Yeah. 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 Hey, were you you guys fans of Reno 911? Oh, yeah. Not the biggest. I loved it. I fucking loved Reno 911. Thought it was fantastic. It, uh... Tickled my funny bone. I loved it. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Quibi also is in bed now with uh, the likes of John Favreau and Seth Green. They've given the green light to stop motion animated series Micro Mayhem. Uh, and uh, Eric Towner from Robot Chicken created the series of over the top shorts where cars are the characters. In each self contained short form episodes, the car the cars set the stage with an immense amount of attitude and personality in the dialogue free grindhouse action series. The press release says the series combines miniature filmmaking and stop motion artistry in a wild and comically violent ride like no other. Uh, John Favreau, Seth Green are uh, going to be attached as executive producers here for uh, Micro Mayhem coming to Quibi. Yeah, sounds fucking awesome. I like how there's no dialogue. That's what they're telling you right up front. And the grindhouse cars attacking each other like this. This sounds kind of amazing. I think it's going to be something like where it, it like uh, you're going to have cars like, you know, maybe wrecking and hitting each other and racing each other. And like when they hit each other and race each other, it might look super fucking violent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It, it feels like there's going to be some stylized craziness here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, I love robot chicken. It kind of, Near the end, it kind of almost became oh. a parody of itself. It yeah. wasn't very funny anymore. Yeah. So I, maybe this will breathe new life into Seth Green doing this kind of thing. Because I know he loves creating these custom action figures. I'm and, sure that's why he's involved, is that he's making these cars. Yeah. And this format seems to work really well for that that style of comedy, where it's just the super short little yeah. things. I mean, that's yeah. what Robot Chicken was, was... You know, little vignettes that's were strung together in a 15-minute episode. Now he can just do one at a time. All those fucking dorky kids that grew up watching Disney's Cars and loving that shit will fucking love this now, now that they're going through puberty and they want to see violence. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple years that they were going to revitalize Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, yeah. It would be a perfect fit for that. I love love Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah, it's great. I just yeah. love claymation in general. So I would I. love to see some kind of claymation project. You, well, you need to watch Bring back some Gumby. You need to watch Super Mansion on Crackle. It's fucking free and it's hilarious. Oh yeah, claymation. Yes, it's it's fucking it. It's all um, stop motion claymation. All these figures on Super Mansion. It's amazing. Seth, I think uh, Seth Green's involved. Um, I think um, it's. Uh, uh, fuck. They were at C2E2 a couple years ago, but the guy from 
fucking um Ah, uh, he's from Clueless. Donald Faison? No. Right. No. Brecken Meyer? Brecken Meyer. Yeah, he's involved in the he's in, he's involved in it. He's part of Robot Chicken too. So yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Supermansion's fucking great and um they've had I mean great voice actors. They've had Chris Pine has been on in a season before. Uh Brian Cranston voices like uh one of the main characters. It's uh, Supermansion, it's on Crackle and you can watch it for free and it is fucking adult humor and hilarious. Nice. Three seasons of this show already. Yeah, and what? then like a bunch of Christmas, like Christmas specials and other specials. Like, it's great. It's fucking great. I love Supermansion. I I watched the first and second season, and they're tremendous. They've also had comic books for Supermansion. It's great. Yeah, check out. I just made a note for that. Looks good. Let's move into Marvel news. Did you hear my sigh there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was hard not to. Yeah. I know. That, that, oh, God, that was sad. That was sad. <laughs> I almost feel bad for myself. Hold on. It's time for Marvel News. Marvel News. 20th Century Studios. I can't wait to see you fuckers next week at C2E2. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, definitely. It's fucking on. It is fucking on at C2E2. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It It, it is. It's, it's one of these things I look forward to every year. I get to see, like, these are, I feel like, you know, throughout doing this show, we've made some great friendships and even though we get to like communicate over, you know, social media and like some of these podcasts that I jump on from time to time, it's always great to see you guys face to face and spend more FaceTime together and just kind of, you know, it, it, you, I think we especially need this stuff like later on in life. You know what I mean? Where we, where we kind of just need to, to get together and get away and have fun. You know what I mean? And oh, it's almost yeah. like camp. It is. You know? It's it's like it's a, a yeah, like an adult summer camp. You just kind of go away and like meet up with a bunch of people who are there for the same reason as you. Yeah, and just all have a great fucking time. We're a tribe. It's like a, it's a tribe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I I don't like. Yeah, sometimes it, I, yeah, it's a tribe, but it's a good tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's super inclusive and it's just a bunch of good people who have a common interest just getting together. And the orgies are amazing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I've never been invited to any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's gone. All right. And then, then <laughs> disco ball. The orgy <laughs> disco drop disco ball drops i've got like fucking breakaway clothes i just you know what i mean <laughs> like like the, like the fucking nba players when they rip that shit off uh that's awesome um 
Uh, yeah, 20th Century Studios' final X-Men film, The New Mutants, is tracking to debut with a pretty dismal 15 to $25 million opening weekend in early April. According to the long-range tracking forecast, Box Office Pro revealed the estimates the debut would be uh, a record low for the franchise, which hit a uh, with a $33 million opening uh, for Dark Phoenix last year and went on <laughs> to a uh, $65 million domestic haul. Uh, the New Mutants is arriving two years after it was originally slated to debut. The project delayed by eventually scuttled plans to retool the project and the impact of the Disney-Fox merger. Uh, yeah, it's going to open in cinemas April 3rd, directed by Josh Boone, and it's expected to fucking bomb. Yeah, they really lowballed it. It's like this thing can make $30 million, which would still be considered a bomb, but that would be double the projections. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really excited to see this movie. Same, just because I, I want I want to know it's, what it is. It's morbid curiosity, right? Yeah, because exactly. it's been hanging out there so long. I remember seeing posters in my local AMC for this movie two and a half years ago. I know, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Has this ever happened to a movie before? Uh, yeah. Usually it just goes away forever. Like, usually yeah. you well, get it at the comic convention on a bootleg or something. No, look at the new Tom Holland Daisy Ridley movie that's been, like, in production that's, like, just coming out now that they filmed, like, two, three years ago or something. I mean... Uh, oh, that's true. What's the other movie about... Like, Knights of Badass them. People that kill... Like they're hunting people to death. Uh, the hunt. Oh, uh, the hunt. But that yeah, was yeah, that was just last year. But like even like remember Knights of Badassdom? Yeah. Like with Peter Dinklage and then the what's the guy from True Blood? The blonde guy, the real good looking guy. Ryan Quantin. I mean, that took a few years to come out. Sometimes these sit on the shelf until they can find distribution or something. Um there was but a, did, did any of those other movies have like a set release date before they sat on the shelf? I would have to do research on that, man. I don't know off the top of my head. T- Tessa Thompson. Basically. Tessa Thompson has a, a movie. I, I think it just recently came out, but like it dealt with like abortion and nobody wanted uh-huh. to fucking pick it up. But you're right, like a set date. You're you're ta- you're not talking about a fucking movie that screened at a festival and nobody picked it up. You're talking right. about like it had a set date to come trailers out. And posters. Trailers and posters. Trailers yeah. and posters in mean, theaters. We saw the trailers two, two yeah. and a half, three years ago. That's a great fucking question, dude. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this before then, considering those factors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, movies get made and sit on the shelf. It's the, it's the, it's the only reason that we're seeing this is the fucking Disney Fox merger. Like the hunt is the closest thing that new, you know, uh, Betty. That was pulled for very specific reasons. It was pulled for, yeah, because it was pulled over political stuff and like they're even sprinkling that into their new ads. Like it's the most talked about movie that nobody's ever seen. And it's because of the controversy that happened last year. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this. And I think a lot of it has to just do with the Disney Fox merger with that being so, so complicated. Well, and the fact Definitely. that it's a, a, it's a Marvel property too, or yeah. it, which has become huge, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and so to see a, a Marvel property go through this weirdness, it, it, it's, I don't think I've ever heard of a, of a blockbuster kind of movie going through this kind of weird process of, 
oh, we're going to release it now. Right. Oh, no, wait, we're going to do some reshoots, and we'll release it then. Oh, no, wait, we're not going to even release it for a long time. Well, at first, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was almost spun, like that first It movie came out, and they were like, oh, we got to make this darker. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that, that, yeah, it, I that. that It movie did so well. We got to do reshoots and make this darker. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What about those, what about those rumors that this is, remember like we, and this was not an official MCU, um, it came from something Marvel, but I don't know if it was an, an official Marvel publication, but it was somebody stating that the new mutants is going to be tied into the MCU. Did you remember reading those rumors? I do. Now, I remember hearing about them, but I don't remember anything besides that. But it was one of those rumors where it's like, okay, it was a, it was in a publication that like was Marvel based, but like, isn't it a, is it an official Marvel publication? Um, or was this outsourced by somebody? I don't know. Is, is, see, the only thing that I can think of is that if, if Kevin Feige does want to do anything with any of these characters in this movie and tie it any way within the MCU, I was thinking to myself, I've, I've had this thought for about a month, month and a half that like it, the only way I can see like any of these characters coming back is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness if for some reason he goes to fucking hell and magic is there. And it's like a quick cameo. Because, like, that's where magic was, like, magic was trained. And, um, you know, she there was, like, a, an alternate version of Kitty Pride and Storm that kind of, like, trained her in hell. Like, could we see, you know, like, a quick cameo of, like, to shock people, see magic in hell you know, real quick within the multiverse of madness. Maybe that's a stretch, but it, that's, I was basically just trying to connect it with that original rumor of, you know, this, you know, this movie is going to be tied in with the MCU. And I was trying to think like, how, how, how are you going to tie this into the MCU? How is the story going to go forward? Um, maybe the movie is great. Maybe the movie's fantastic. And Kevin Feige does want to stick with these actors. They have some great actors attached to this. Anya Taylor joy. Great fucking a great get for them i loved thoroughbreds i think she's a fantastic actress uh maisie maisie williams you know like these are some really good actors maybe he does want to pull some of these actors and bring them into some of the uh you know they could pull a deadpool here where they're like you know not only uh you know they can they can get ryan reynolds to come back and play this character but not only get some of these maybe some of these characters will be fan favorites when we do see this movie it doesn't matter what it's tracking it'd still be a good movie and they could still like maybe even have like a disney plus show with some of these characters showing up i don't know i'm throwing it out there i i was thinking Thinking like magic would make sense in the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just gonna like throw the spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. With this, and if it does really well, maybe they will try and figure out a way to incorporate it into the MCU. But if, and if it fails, then oh well. Well, they I mean, still made some money back. At the end of the day, like if I see this fucking movie. And I'm like, oh my god! Like it wasn't great, but I really dug. I I loved fucking you know Maisie Williams' performance as Wolfsbane, or I loved mm-hmm. Anya Taylor Joy playing Magic. I might be like, I would like to see these characters return in some capacity within the MCU. 
You know, like I didn't love yeah. every fucking X Men movie that came out, but I loved Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, what's the point in falling in love with these characters if this is just the one and done and they're dead? I don't think they want to close the book on all these characters just right now in the MCU. So yeah, very possibly they have maybe yeah. they do have plans further on down the like line. Maybe they've maybe they've set it up as a standalone with the possibility of expansion. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to come out April 3rd. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, – it's morbid curiosity. I got to see this. I got to scratch that itch. I got to see this fucking movie. I'll probably be, be there uh, opening night to watch this one because I got to see what we're getting here. Uh, you know, this yeah, is I am insane. super excited about it. Yeah. I'm super excited about this movie because I love the trailer. Were they what, two trailers or was it just the one? Uh, there was the original trailer and then this last trailer that came out. The last trailer kind of showed a little bit more. There was the original trailer that kind of like showed them, um, one character getting like, what were they, kind of like in a, uh, like it, like in an oven or something like that, Jake. It was like more horror. Like they were like in an insane mm-hmm. asylum, you know, trying to get out. They were in, in like, in yeah, the, it seemed like the, the psychi- the psychiatrist was like kind of corrupting them and keeping them imprisoned. And yeah. it did look very horror. This last one was kind of like where they really started to like display and showcase like their mutant abilities. So, you know, we got to see the one guy kind of like fry his girlfriend in the pool. We got to see like all the dead bodies that magic she had killed like 17 men or some shit that she said. And then, um, uh, then we got to see her at the end, you know, with her fucking sword. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I hope, it, I, I, I hope the movies, it, I, I, I honestly, I thought that the trailer was really good. I just don't have a lot of hope for the movie overall. It's, I, I don't, I just, I just don't know how this movie is going to be any good. It just sounds like a, I, with too many post production problems and, and everything, I just, I just don't know how this movie is going to be any good. I, and we had a listener that actually got to see a screener of this and said it's pretty forgettable. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's a Colossus cameo in it at all? No, I don't. I know that Magic and Colossus are related and brother, brother and sister. sister. I, I just, I don't think we're going to get. That'll quite, be ignored. That'll be yeah. ignored in this one. Mm-hmm. Just like basically like pretty much Magneto and Scarlet Witch and you know what I mean? Yeah. Exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. Illuminati had some rumors about the She-Hulk TV series coming to Disney plus. Um, it looks like they are casting. They've begun casting uh, the search for Jennifer Walters, uh, who's going to be uh, She-Hulk. Uh, they're looking for an actress. It uh, doesn't matter what ethnicity, any in the range of 26 to 34 and um they're casting a wide net for their search so they're looking uh far and wide walter's origin in the background in the series will skew very close to the pages of marvel the description even cites jennifer's marvel comics origin noting that she is indeed a lawyer who will gain her abilities after receiving a blood transfusion from her cousin bruce banner who's specifically mentioned after being shot additionally the last sentence of the description explicitly states that she is a future member of the avengers um to comic book fans that's a no-brainer however to those tracking past and future mcu story she was also a member of the fantastic four at one time 
Yes, correct. Back she was in, the babysitter of uh, Franklin and Valerie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I was, you know, that's back when I was like reading comics. Back when I, you know, like after I started first reading comics, is when she was a member of the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, didn't she replace um, Johnny Storm for a while? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you remember the Silver Surfer reboot? She was when the Fantastic Four showed up in that book. She was a member of that team. Hmm. Oh yeah, I do remember that. that I was... remember that. Yeah, she was with them for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I always thought her origin was very comic book silly, though. I'm not going to lie. I kind of hoped they would come up with something new for when we introduced her into a movie or a TV show. The whole blood transfusion from Bruce Banner thing always just makes me want to kind of slap myself in the face. This is from the Illuminati, which is a newer, in my opinion, I haven't, this is a newer kind of like scooper. So I don't know the track record. I don't know if the Illuminati is like a hundred percent, you know, that we, it's trustworthy. So, I mean, I dig. I this, dig. This could be the next. We got this covered for all I know, like which is Nick. bullshit. So I, I don't know. This is just <laughs> what the Illuminati is saying. God. Uh, they, I mean, how does that even they, happen? In oh, sorry. Go ahead, Neil. I was just going to say that they, they, they could make it updated in tying it to like vaccinations and, and uh, blood transfusions from unknown. Uh, pathogens and, and and just tie it into what's actually happening with with health stuff nowadays. So I, I can see it. I, I, I get your point that it's super comic booky, but they could make it less comic booky by keep and still keep it the same origin story. It's just the whole fact that in the MCU. It's no secret anymore that Bruce Banner is the Hulk. And that's kind of how it worked uh-huh. in the comics. It was like, well, Bruce Banner can't expose who he really is, so he's just going to shut up and let this blood transfusion happen. But mm. within this universe, it's like, why the fuck would – why is it mandatory that we use Bruce Banner's blood to save Jen Walter's life? I mean, if they if they say that she has like some weird uh, genetic – issue that only Bruce Banner is compatible with. I think I, it would be more of a, like a like a wouldn't it be more more of like a bone marrow type of disease where they would need a family? It would have to be more than blood because it wouldn't blood's not so unique. Yeah, cuz like if, have to be. right. Okay, it's like I'm fucking O negative, just find me somebody with O negative blood. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. You don't really need a family member at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Right. No. You think Ruffalo will make appearances in this show? That's what they say in this article. It says it's far from confirmed that actor Mark Ruffalo will be joining the series, but it's hard to imagine how these story beats will be pulled off without at least a cameo. I think, Jake, honestly, with um, – I don't think it's a stretch. I think that he will make an appearance. I mean, it's Disney+. Plus. I mean – Is Ruffalo <laughs> going to have a panel at uh, C2E2? Yes, I would, that's a question I would love to ask him. I'm sure that's a question that everyone's going to want to ask him. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. He probably can't answer truthfully, but there might be a lot to gain just from seeing his reaction. His reaction, question. right. 
And he's not known for being super close mouth. No, oh, that's true. a good point. The Rumble yeah. will fucking spill the beans. Jake, you need to get fucking first in line for that fucking panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they say like an old is. Tom Holland. You need to sit like on the fucking edge where they and then they're like, it's Q and A time. I you need to make a beeline, dude, to that fucking mic. Then I'm gonna get up to the mic and be like I just want to say that in Incredible Hulk issue 174. <laughs> no, you're going to be like Chris Farley and you're going to be, you remember, um, in, uh, the, in Thor Ragnarok when, um, you fucking like, that was awesome. Body slammed Thor. You remember that? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> remember in Avengers when you whipped Loki around? Well, Jake, that was not me. That was CGI. Uh, well, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dark Waters. Neil, have you seen Dark Waters? No. Get out there and watch Dark Waters, man. He is, uh, Ruffalo is, uh, just fantastic. Phenomenal. Is that with Jennifer man. Connelly, too? Jennifer Connelly. Uh, she is Jennifer Connelly, and I don't know. I don't. Oh, remember. you're talking about the most recent movie. Never mind. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I was like, is Jennifer Connelly in? No, uh, <laughs> no, it's his movie where he plays, what. where he plays that lawyer that goes up against right, right. DuPont. Which is really weird because like in the Foxcatcher, he played that wrestler that was sponsored by the DuPont family. It's weird. He's like all up in DuPont's ass as an actor. What the fuck? First time I ever noticed oh. Ruffalo was from Zodiac. That was the movie that I really first saw Ruffalo as such a oh, great actor. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. And he's, he's a big time activist, and that's one of the things that he really likes. I he's one of my favorite actors on the planet. I think he's just he's tremendous. Great. I think he's tremendous. Yeah, he is great. Yeah. So, um, Illuminati is basically yeah. They're that's what they're. Uh, that's what they're talking about, the She-Hulk series. So, who would you cast, like, who would you cast as She-Hulk? Gina Carano. No. That, that's, you don't need the per, like, the person is gonna be special effect. I hope so. The She-Hulk. I think, not- I, I think you're right, Jake. I, I think the person is gonna, like, I think the person is, is gonna, like, just like they do with the Hulk. That's the way they should do it. They shouldn't just paint a woman green. Yeah, that would be just awful. Can you imagine that standing next to the Hulk, like in an Avengers movie? Like, it's gonna that would look fucking stupid. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly was in a movie called Dark Water, singular. Uh, Jennifer Connelly was the Hulk's girlfriend back in the uh, (laughs) yeah Ed Norton one, right? No, that was the that was the uh, that was Liv Tyler. No, yeah, Connelly was was older. Ang Lee's Ang Lee's Ang Lee's version, which was uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana, yeah, Yeah. okay, okay. I knew she was Betty Brant in one of those movies. Uh, Yeah, a lot of Jennifer Connelly Hulk like similarities. Their names are both Jennifer, the She Hulk, and (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was wanting my pick for for uh, She Hulk was uh, Alexandra. Dadario, I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name, but she was Dadario. She was in um, San Andreas, and then she was also in the first season of uh, True Detective. She played the Rock's daughter in fucking San Andreas. Okay, yeah, I thought that she'd be, you know, a good She-Hulk. She just, you know, she, she, I don't know. I think that. 
yeah, I think she could pull off the lawyer, and then like if they have her fucking Hulk out, you know, that'd be kind of crazy. Jake, do you remember when they? Do you remember the comic where they had the She Hulk? Um, when she fucking uh, turned into like the the gray She Hulk, and she was like all fucking vascular and veiny and shit. Yes, that was wasn't that the creepiest fucking cover you ever seen in your life? Yeah, that was a very creepy cover. <laughs> i remember seeing that on the comic book rack and just like i couldn't take my eyes off it it was the fucking scariest thing i'd ever fucking seen then they even had fucking red she hulk just to fucking dive into the red hulk fandom too yeah do you think we're gonna get a red hulk uh, i think we will do you think do you think uh do you think ross will be part of the thunderbolts do you think they'll do that I think it. I think it will happen. Yeah. I hope so. Do you remember when the Thunderbolts? I Thunderbolts. I love the. I love the original Thunderbolts. I didn't really care what they did back in like 2012 with the Thunderbolts when it was like really. Yeah. Oh, Deadpool and Punisher. That was terrible. That was terrible. I loved it. That was terrible, Neil. In my opinion, like I'm glad you liked it, but like they basically just picked red characters characters that were like yeah. wore red and it was dumb they had red hulk they had deadpool they had it was stupid i loved it there's no way that fucking punisher would join the thunderbolts it doesn't even make sense i thought yeah it's fucking stupid i i the original thunderbolts that busiek did is like yes. my, my favorite marvel comics run of all time oh god kurt busiek is fucking amazing i love that guy yeah, his Avengers and Thunderbolts runs are easily yes. my favorite Marvel comics of all time. Ah, uh, Neil, you read my, some, you you read and enjoyed garbage, sir. I loved it. <laughs> uh, my my, fa- my favorite Marvel comic books are the Rick Remender uh, X uh, Uncanny X Force. Oh, that was a great fucking mm-hmm. run too. With, with great, the, with the great baby Deadpool. apocalypse. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And Deadpool was the fucking voice, like the, the voice of morals, and it was some of the best Deadpool I've ever read. It, it's it still is my favorite Deadpool run. Yeah, that's awesome. And that um, Apocalypse storyline bled into um, the Wolverine school yeah. comic book, Wolverine and the X Men, or whatever it was called. Yeah, it was great, great stuff. That that I love that that run of the Uncanny X Force. I went to when I went to C two E two three years ago. I brought a couple of skateboard decks that were from Rick Remender's. Like Rick Remender had two comic books, Black Science and Deadly Class, and they turned those comic book covers, some of those comic book covers, into skateboard decks, and I bought them. Nice. And he was going to be, he was going to be at C2E2 and I was going to get him to sign them. And as I'm walking around the convention, I realized that I looked through C2E2's website and he was a no show. He said that he wasn't going to show up. So I'm in line and I'm talking with Jonathan Hickman and having Jonathan Hickman sign some comic books. And he's like, what do you got there? And I showed him my deadly class skateboard deck and my black science skateboard deck. And I was like, yeah, I was going to have Rick Remender sign these He's not here. He's a no-show. And uh, so now I'm just a jackass carrying around a couple of skateboard <laughs> decks that nobody's going to sign. And he's like, Remender's not here? And I'm like, nope. He's like, fuck Rick Remender. 
he said it. <laughs> I love Jonathan Hickman. And he said it. He said it jokingly, but he said it really loud. He was like, fuck him. It was so hilarious. I, dude, Hickman, if you're not following Hickman on Twitter, you're doing things oh, wrong. He's great. He's fucking great. He's great on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Remender is my favorite comic book writer. That's a great choice, man. I fucking love Remender. Yeah. Yeah, hard to argue that. His Marvel stuff was a lot of fun. He did that fucking crazy-ass Punisher run where they turned Punisher into, like, a fucking, like, zombie. It was, like, half Punisher, half zombie. Like a Frankenstein? Yeah, it was the Frankenstein Punisher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franken Punisher. Yeah, Franken Castle. Franken Castle. Yeah, Franken Castle, yeah. Yeah. And they involved all the old Marvel 70s fucking, like, monster characters that we hadn't seen in just fucking like 30 years and that's a great fucking run i honestly think that i honestly think that marvel is not doing and people may think i'm crazy i think i don't think that i think marvel canceled that fucking ghost rider tv show because i think they plan on using cosmic ghost rider Rider. cosmic 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 sheer right that what's that wasn't paul sheer one of the writers on that Donnie Cates was like behind yeah, like Cates was the big guy behind that. Yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is it's a it's Frank Castle as Ghost Rider. So okay, yeah. So I I know Paul Shear was writing Marvel comics for a little while. Paul Shear's written some other comics in the past. I Paul Shear was writing like a Spider Man book or some shit like that. I don't know. He he wrote for I think he wrote like an IDW comic one time or I can't remember, but like I tweeted at him and i said yeah i read your fucking comic book and like he responded like oh thanks like like i guess he (laughs) hey someone read my shit yeah he was like he because like i'm sure like because this was like back when he was doing the league and like everybody was probably like oh i love you on the league and like i think he was kind of just like taken aback that like somebody was like really excited over his comic his indie comic book that you know you know, yeah. like that. You know, yeah, I tell you, if anything's going to get me back into comics, it's being so curious about Hickman's X Men run. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really want to see what the fuck's up with that. I've heard a lot. It's upset a lot of people. I've seen him going to fucking town on it, dude. On Twitter, Jake, you need to read the new uh, Donny Cates Thor. Oh yeah, does it take place after the Aaron stuff? Yes, check this out. For anybody that wants to know what's going on in comic books right now, like the Donny Cates Thor is fucking incredible. I'm gonna, I'll talk about this and then we'll fucking break and then we'll do DC news. But the Donny Cates Thor, it's basically Thor is now, you know, like King Thor, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, he's getting ready to tell a speech to all the Asgardians as the new king. And Galactus crash lands on the fucking in, in Asgard. Oh shit! Fuck. And and um, basically um, is talking about uh, you know uh, you know something that's going to you know destroy the universe and blah 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 blah. Um, but by the end of the issue, there is a moment where Galactus was like. I saw a vision of the thing that was going to destroy me. And in that vision, I saw you, Thor. And so Galactus turns Thor into a herald of Galactus. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. All that happens in the oh, first issue. All that yeah. happens. It ends with fucking Harold Thor at the end of that fucking issue, dude. It's fucking. Oh shit! He's a Herald of Galactus. It's fucking dope as shit. It's awesome. That's awesome. Man, one of my favorite storylines when I was a kid was when they had the Herald Wars. You know what I'm talking? Do you remember this shit? It's where they introduced Morg, Galactus. Like, Galactus is basically like, every time I get a Herald, they end up being a giant fucking pussy, and they tell me I'm not <laughs> supposed to eat these fucking planets, and I'm fucking done with all these pussies. So I'm going to go get the most barbaric, cutthroat, doesn't give a fuck motherfucker I can find, make him into a Herald. And then it's fucking gravy time. And so he does that, and that becomes Morg. And then all the other Heralds throughout the history of Marvel Comics have to team up to take down the new Galactus Herald. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds fun. It was just a super fucking awesome storyline. Silver Surfer and Fire Lord and Airwalker and just uh, all the different, you know, Heralds throughout the history of comics. And, oh, man, I fucking it was like a late 90s storyline. That's dope. Yeah, I have to check that out. That's cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds man. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check. Dude, I would check out the fucking Donny Cates Thor, though. It's dope as shit, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty close to fucking diving into some, some newer Marvel comics. It's been so long, and I'm just kind of getting the itch again to, to, yeah. to read comics. I, you know, I've gone digital in so many ways, but... Man, I miss fucking reading a comic book every now and again. I know. I have, that, a, I have a stack of graphic novels that I haven't got to. Yet. It's just not the same, man. There's something about just the fucking feeling of a comic book in my hands. Well, like, I, there's no comic book store in my town. And it, it, I have to drive out of town to go to a comic book store. And it sucks. Like, I, I wish if there was a comic book store in my town that I could go to and it would be like new comic book Wednesdays where we all get in line and you just tell them like, yeah, I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. But it's it's I don't have that option anymore. So, yeah, that, just the atmosphere of that is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. You get to talk in line as you're waiting and. You know, and it's it's also nice just talking to the person there that works at the comic book shop. Jake, like when I was I was going to um, G Mart in Champagne, and it was like you know if I walk in, I didn't see anything that I wanted to read, I'd be like, hey, so what's new? What's new? What can I get? And like that was when like the the comic book clerk was like, hey, the new Hawkeye is out. It's by Matt Fraction, and it's incredible. And I was like. You needed that. You needed somebody to tell yeah. you that the new Hawkeye. Who's going to buy a Hawkeye book? <laughs> you needed yeah. somebody to tell you that the Matt Fraction Hawkeye book is fucking dope. And so, you know, when the comic book store uh, clerk told me that it was awesome, I picked it up and I was just like, holy shit, I'm hooked. I'm fucking hooked on yeah. this. So, and I, I, What's a, I just don't have that experience here. It's so important here to have. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. It's just so important to have like uh, a person who's who's dialed into that specific industry to advise you a little bit. Yeah, and, and the comic comic book stores, I think, are just the be- like they're some of the best places just to go and exist for a little while. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, you just go in there and it, it's. It's such a beautiful experience just to walk around all the aisles and there's comic books everywhere of all different types and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to do on a, like a lazy Sunday afternoon or, or, or a lazy Wednesday morning or whatever. Yeah. It's just gorgeous to go in there and, and, and just exist for a little while. Just, don't be intimidated by going to the comic book store. 
Just go, go yeah. in there like you got a fucking 12 inch dick. Swing that fucking, even if you don't know anything about comics, just go in there confident as shit. And if they give you shit, just fucking go all kid rock on him. We mentioned him earlier. Just throw him up at the middle finger and walk out. Yeah. yeah ask, the, him, ask him where the new books are. Yeah. Pick something out that came out that week. Just whatever fucking cover grabs your attention, grab it and check it out. I mean, yeah. that's how I used to do it when I was, you know, reading comic books. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the Simpsons kind of screwed up comic book stores for a little while with their comic book guy. Yeah, totally. No, most, I blame most, shitty comic book stores. I, I do too. Well, I, yeah, especially, too. especially with the way that they treat new comic book readers and the way that they treat women that come into the store. Yeah, I've seen yeah, both but, and it's yeah. disgusting. Uh huh. But like in all of my local comic book shops, they are so welcoming of new people. And they're, they, they have, they'll have a salesperson go around just hanging out with somebody and, and kind of gauging their interests and kind of directing them to, to different things because they, all they want is to get people to like the stuff that they like. Right. And it's, it's, I, I've never found any negativity in any of my local comic book shops. I, I know there are people out there who have different experiences than me, but comic book stores should treat their business like the Alamo Draft House treats their movies. Yeah. You know, I, that's the we'll way it the should balls be. And, yeah. and relax the throat and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, read more comic books. Also, I do a comic book podcast where we review new number ones. It's called Number One Comic Books, and I do that podcast with uh, Rebecca, Rod, and Joe Stark. So if you want to... I don't know. You don't even have to read comic books. If you just want to hear what we thought about fucking a comic book and get our fucking blunt take on a comic book. I don't fucking hold back. I don't fucking hold back. And there's some beautiful people working in the industry. But if I think their book is fucking shit, I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking, you know, uh, dance around a book being garbage. If I think it's fucking garbage, I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to fucking, uh, I, I, I'm going to obliterate the book and these people might be lovely people in real life. And I, 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 sometimes I feel really bad for that, but on the flip side, it's our money we're trying to protect here. I want you to buy the right comic book. So I'm going to let you know what you should and shouldn't buy. So I yeah, mean, comics are fucking between, you know, four and six bucks these days. No so. shit. Sometimes, sometimes if it's, if it's a fucking special, It'll be a nine ninety nine book if you're wanting to get like the like Batman one thousand or whatever the fuck. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of some of that. Like, is just how many pages? Dumb. Yeah, and how many pages? And how many of the pages are going to be adverts too? So yeah, a lot of the times, a lot of it's just like reprint content too. You're still getting the same twenty two pages of new story from a new issue, and then the rest of the eight bucks that you're paying for is just fucking reprint material. I fucking bought a Deliverance com a comic, and every page that I flipped. <laughs> It was literally just Ned Beatty getting fucked. Yeah, what was really gross was you got the scratch and sniff edition. I know. Yeah, 32, <laughs> 32 pages later, I'm still smelling Ned Beatty's asshole. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. How's that sound? We'll come back. We'll do DC News. We'll talk about Pattinson Batman. We'll talk about Rob Bat. <laughs> Battinson. Rob Bat Battinson is what they're calling him. That's, that's what the kids are calling him. Rob Bat Battinson. <laughs> I definitely need a break now. Let's take a quick break. Hey. 
We'll be right, we'll be right back. <laughs> saying i'm back this <laughs> I, I preferred that to the last comeback from break that was like a calmer transition that that no the last one that was magic that happened you guys were you were in the presence of magic <laughs> like from new mutants no joy like <laughs> the johnsons of magic the magic of johnsons so we have AIDS now? <gasps> you did not! You so he, he beat his HIV. Oh, okay. Oh my god, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't his name Irvin? Yeah, Irvin Magic Johnson. Irvin. He fought Bruce Lee, right? No. Oh, that <laughs> That was Kareem. That was Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That was Hakeem Olajuwon, wasn't what, it? What's what's what's? Uh, no, no, that was not Hakeem Olajuwon. I know, I know, and I, I realized it as soon as I said I was wrong. What's uh, what's uh, what's Kareem Abdul Jabbar's uh, real name? Mm, I'll know it when I hear it. Lou Alcinder. Oh. Yeah. And he was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, and they won their first championship. The year that they drafted, I believe this, don't, you can fact check me, that's fine, but I believe they won their first championship the year that they drafted Lou Alcindor and they traded him off and they never fucking won another championship after that. How fucking stupid you gotta be. Yeah, that happens a lot in sports, not just basketball, right? How fucking stupid you gotta be to do that shit. Jesus Christ. Seven foot four skyhook. Christ, just a fucking freak of nature. The guy was just a, just an amazing player. What the fuck? Idiots. Anyway, uh, DC News. DC News. Uh, yeah, let me play the bumper. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, filming for Matt Reeves the Batman has started. In the Scottish city of Glasgow, there have been new images and even videos revealing a stuntman suited up in Robert Pattinson's new Batman suit in uh, real-world lighting. So we've got to see this not like the, in that red video. We got to see like the real suit. Uh, the filming was at the Necropolis Cemetery near Glasgow Cathedral and Glasgow Royal Infirmary on Friday, with the roads being shut down until Sunday. This is exactly why Matt Reeves showed the first look at the suit in a video last week that we talked about that unveiled the bat suit on Reeves uh, on his own terms uh, as opposed to the paparazzi. Uh, Reeves recently hinted on, uh, hinted on Twitter by showing a panel from uh, the Year One comic 
that this movie will be somewhat inspired by that story. We also saw pics of uh, guys, uh, actors with uh, painted up faces uh, that were attacking a jogger. I had heard rumors that this was uh, the Penguins gang, and some were even saying that they were the uh, Red Triangle Circus gang from the Burton film. That's not confirmed. Um, <laughs> that seems kind of silly. It's, it does seem kind of <laughs> silly. But that's what that's what I was hearing. That was that's what the rumors were. Uh, what did you guys think of the suit and the videos? It looked good. I, I thought it looked good in person. Um, I thought the ear size was was very adequate. Like, I wanted you know, them longer. I still want them longer. I mean, that still could be the case, right? I mean, we, there still could be digital touch-up to this after the fact. It's it's hard saying. Well, I think the digital ch- touch-up that we saw with the stunt guy on the bike is going to be the cape. There's no cape there. So, like, they're not going to have a stunt guy wearing a cape. You don't want that get sh- that shit, you know. Wrapping around the tire. Yeah. The fuck. Yeah. So, I... I, I <sighs> But other than that, I don't know if they're – and I think like this is like just – I think this is one of maybe many suits that we'll see him with. I don't know if we're going to see him – I don't know how many suits we'll see him with in the film, but it could be multiple. I agree at least two. This definitely feels like the type of story where he's going to go out and do some stuff and then realizes – you'll realize that he'll need some changes to the suit that he has. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think we're going to get the white eyes – on the suit. Well, we see the, the black goggles. It was a rainy day there. We saw some of like the raindrops on, uh, on, 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 on the cowl and just, stuff. Just from like the, the differential coloring on the actual eyes, it looks like they're going to do something with that because they don't look like it's, <clears throat> it's not the standard, um, uh, eye makeup around the regular person eyes. It, it's like it's, it's completely like grayed out almost instead of uh, like a, a a black under eye thing. I don't know makeup, so um, it, it it just looks like it looks different than how they usually do the eyes for Batman. I so want I'm thinking I, that I want the white eyes. I do too. The closest, and the closest, I, it's cool. The closest we've saw, seen, the closest we've seen was, to the white eyes has been the BVS suit, the armored suit where he had the glowing yeah. eyes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I saw a picture. It might have been like a Boss Logic picture or something of like recently uh, of this suit with the white eyes. So I'm, I, I, it seems like they're setting that up. I hope to so. me at least. I really hope so. That would be awesome. We all want to see it. I mean, I think like it, like Deadpool proves that it can work. Yeah. I don't need the eyes to emote like Spider-Man no. or Deadpool, but just seeing the white eyes, I believe it can work. I don't need to see Robert Pattinson's pretty eyes throughout the entire movie. I think like he's got like shit brown eyes, so it's we don't need to see that. Yeah, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. <laughs> it's also being it's also being told uh being said that this story uh Matt Reeves the Batman could pull inspiration from the Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh there were pics that were showing jack-o'-lanterns on set. So, uh the Long Halloween story takes place be uh takes place during Batman's early days of crime fighting which which lines up with what we've been hearing about this production. It tells the story of a mysterious killer named Holiday who murders people on holidays when each month. 
working with District Attorney Harvey Dent and Captain James Gordon. Batman races against the calendar as he tries to discover who Holiday is before he claims his next victim each month while attempting to stop the crime war between two of Gotham City's most powerful families, Maroney and Falcone. Uh, I think that they've confirmed that both of those characters are going to be in this movie. I know John Turturro's playing, is John Turturro playing Falcone? I think that is correct, yes. I knew Falcone was in it. Yeah. Uh, the novel also acted as a reintroduction to the DC universe for one of Batman's most elusive foes, Calendar Man, who knows the true identity of the holiday killer, but refuses to share this with Batman. He instead riddles and gives Batman hints from his Arkham Asylum self. Now, they might switch that out. It might be the Riddler, since we know that Paul Dano is going to be playing the Riddler in this movie. Uh, the story also ties into the events that transform Harvey Dent into Batman's enemy, Two-Face. Uh, enemies such as Scarecrow, the Joker, Mad Hatter, Poison Ivy, and the Riddler, among others, also make appearances. Now, we know Penguin's going to be in this movie. I don't know if Mad Hatter's going to be in this movie. I don't think Joker's going to be in this movie. But, um, I mean, uh, it, it could be definitely kind of inspired by year one and also the long Halloween. I can kind of see those stories being uh, an influence on this, uh, on this, uh, on this film. Yeah, me as well. I mean, especially with knowing that there's so many like villain characters in the movie definitely also lends itself to the whole long Halloween idea. Well, take this, take what I'm going to say here with a grain of salt. This is like, I'm, you know, I'm looking on Reddit guys. I'm trying my best to figure out like what this movie's about. And it's really, uh, it's slim pickings as far as like finding out like what this movie's really going to be about. Um, the rumor that I've been hearing is that, and I don't know if this is true. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Uh, this is from uh, Reddit. Someone on Reddit said, I've read a lot about an attempt on the lives of those running for mayor or something. Batman, not sure which of a handful of villains did these crimes, etc. Unsure now how true that is. We will have to wait and see. So, um it, yeah, I don't. I, I, I do not know. DCEU leaks is the place to go <laughs> to find out leaks, as uh, according to like the DCEU, DCEU and what's going on. But man, it's slim pickings trying to figure out what's going to go on in the Batman movie right now. That's exciting to me, at least. I, I like the fact that it's so closed off. Oh yeah, I agree too. Serious, especially since I knew exactly what was going to happen in uh, Harley, uh, the uh, Birds of Prey movie. Like I read basically everything that happened in the Birds of Prey movie. Mm. I know exactly what's going to happen beat for beat in Wonder Woman 1984. Like, I'm sorry, the entire script yeah. has been leaked. Um, so this, there's a lot of mystery behind it. Yeah, for now. For now, yeah. <laughs> and we're still early in production. I mean, half the reason we knew all that stuff from Wonder Woman 2 and Birds of Prey is just all the screenings that they did. Mm-hmm. That's true. All the screenings that they did. Um, we also saw that 
the production recently put out a casting call for extras and actors with circus skills. I actually saw this on DCEU Leaks subreddit, and it read, Circus skills needed in Northwest England. We are looking for men and women of all ethnicities ages 17 and up in Northwest England with circus skills, specifically fire dancers, fire breathers, puppet operators, or any other circus skills. Filming will be in Liverpool on a major action feature film in March 2020. So now there's been Mm. speculation that we could get our first look at the Flying Graysons and our first look at Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin, in this movie with that casting call. I've Mm. And, guys, I have a screenshot of the online casting call, if you don't believe me, and I'd be happy to send it to you. Uh, just uh, send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. I'll send you the screenshot. Do you think they're going to cast a younger Robin, like a season one Stranger Things age? I want like a Drake-ish age Robin. Yeah. I don't know if... Like, like, is this just... I think this might just be like an Easter egg for this film. Um, maybe even Robin isn't even born yet. You know what I mean? It hmm. might just be like, you know, his, it, you know what I mean? Or, it might just or, be his parents. Or do you think that they might try and do Batman and Robin closer to the same age so it's not so weird? That was another thing that I was thinking about, too, is that, yeah, closer to the same age. So it's not like in the comic books where they're fucking, like, going to bed together and shit. yeah yeah that plays so much better in like the cartoons and the comics than it does in a movie yeah or live action you you know have batman in his mid-20s and have robin in his mid-teens where it's not quite so awkward right yeah the villain isn't chris hansen in the movie <laughs> Bruce, have a seat. <laughs> take a seat. Yeah. Take a seat, Bruce. <laughs> what does sliding down the bat pole mean, Bruce? Oh my god, did you oh. ever watch that fucking uh to catch a predator when they caught the same guy fucking twice? Oh no. How embarrassing. Dude, the, yeah, dude, there's one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. They caught the no, I believe. They caught the same motherfucker twice and Chris Hansen's like you're back again. You're back again. <laughs> like you're doing was this it in again. the same episode, or was it like a season later? It's like a season later, dude. Oh god. Yeah, and they show like they go. Of course, they go back and show the clip of him being arrested the first time. <laughs> the first season, honestly, they didn't even arrest the people. They like let them go. <sighs> I heard that they were arrested later, but like, like. They it it wasn't until the second season where they had police officers waiting outside for them. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? A- I love it. We got to, to catch a predator from Batman. God damn it! Oh my god! What a fuck! <laughs> Do you remember when? It's not really that hard of a stretch. It's not. Nope. No. <laughs> Do you remember when Batman fought the predator in the comics? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I I do. Mean, He's fought them all, right? He's fought aliens, <laughs> predator, terminator, oh, super. It was super. Wasn't it Superman versus the aliens? I don't know if Batman fought the aliens, but I know yeah, Superman. You might did. be correct. You might be correct. I know Superman. He definitely yeah. fought Spawn. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's probably the chaperone at fucking Riverdale High at one point, too. <laughs> they did a lot oh. of crazy Archie crossovers for a while there. Oh, yeah. Archie, a ton. Archie meets Kiss. Archie meets Punisher. Archie meets Punisher. Archie meets Predator. I have that comic, dude. <laughs> um, I have uh, there was Archie meets Glee, which remember that Fox show Glee? Yes, I remember. There's a ton of Archie crossovers. Oh my god! I, ugh, fucking Archie comics. Mark Wade on Archie comics was amazing. We're talking a lot about comic books this episode. C two E two's next week. Very yeah, true. Comic book stuff. Very true. What do you guys think about the suit? I, what I'm trying to figure out is is the gauntlets on his arms. I I'm confused as to what's really going on there. There looks like there's kind of like so, the, these silver kind of like spikes or something on it. Some people look. Some people were kind of like um, uh, the things from the Mandalorian. The yes. Weird. Yes, those, whatever those, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember what the Mandalorian called them. Yeah, it's like Angel of Death or, or like some weird name where it's just all these like thing, like little tiny minuscule rockets shoot out right. and fuck with people. Somebody was, somebody on Reddit was saying like, oh, that's where the new, um, um, batter, batarang comes out of. And I was like, no, you can still clearly what? see that on his hip. That's you can yeah. still see that on the new suit, like it's on his hip. So, yeah, I was trying to figure out like what those were and what the purpose was. So, I, I so I, me personally, I am digging the suit a lot. I yeah. think it looks very homemade. Yes, uh, which seems to. Uh, roll itself into be, this being a an origin esque story for Batman. Maybe not. We're not going to get the pearls and the gun in the alley, but we're going to get Batman becoming Batman. And I really like that. I, I like the fact that the suit looks homemade, and, and we're looks like we're going to get some. Uh, some revamping of tech throughout the movie. Yeah. I sent you both the picture of Pattinson, just like wearing that black shirt. He looks fucking yoked. <laughs> Dude, he's been bulking. Yeah, bul- he does. He's he, fucking swole. He's been bulking up. He's really been bulking up for the role. I, I honestly think like he's almost like, if not, I, he does look like, he looks bigger than Bale. He looks too big in that picture. In the chest, he definitely looks bigger than, ba- than Bale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely rocking the chest in that picture. If you guys want to see this picture of fucking Pattinson, uh, this looks like it's right before shooting. It's just him with, I guess maybe with a fan or something like that, standing with a fan, but it's, it's a recent picture of him. If you want to see this picture, email me at Brian at Pop Culture Leftovers. I'll send it to you. And it looks like he's really. It looks almost like standing with like a production assistant or yeah, something. Yeah, he's just. That's what I thought too. Maybe like a makeup artist or something. Yeah, he's just bulked up for the role. I, I'm not going to speculate on who the fuck he's standing with. He's standing with a lady. 
It's his <laughs> girlfriend. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are almost like, like detectives. Like you're fucking Batman over there trying to figure out who this woman is. <laughs> yeah, you sent me a picture of Batman. I'm going to go fucking look at it, man. <laughs> She's just a rabid Twilight fan is all it is. <laughs> oh, we saw, we saw the new bat bike. I am hearing. Okay. There's a, there's a DCEU leaker, Corvus Guevara. Um, that like before uh, we saw these pictures was telling everybody that like we're going to get to see bat bikes. We're going to get to see bat bikes. He's also talking about that the Batmobile is also there. It's on these sets in Glasgow. And uh, he's talking about uh, that uh, van. He was talking about uh, vans being set up outside a cathedral um, and he's saying, I'm guessing a funeral. I'm hearing that this cathedral, and I've posted a picture of the cathedral on fucking Twitter. I'm thinking it's Arkham Asylum, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. The funeral could be for like one of these people that fucking die. You know what I mean? If, if this is the fucking long Halloween, I don't know. I was guessing I, it looked like it was going to be Arkham Asylum to me. But um, maybe like one of the big mob guys dies, and that's kind of what sets all the criminals in a tizzy. Yeah, like trying to become the next Falcone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could be. It could be many. Like, it, like it, it's so tight. The lid is so tight on this fucking on this movie production so far. But um, yeah, we'll see. Like, what do you guys think of the bat bikes? We did get to see the bat bikes. Did you guys watch the Jake? I know you watched the TikTok video of the Batman stunt right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it like 27 times, dude. There's a t- Me too. <laughs> you watched it. There's a TikTok video of the Batman stunt rider fucking riding the bike. And it, it was a fucking wet, rainy day. We saw the pictures with like the fucking water beads on the fucking cowl and shit. But dude fucking kind of <laughs> the bat bike just falls over. Okay. I've ridden a motorcycle for the last 10 years, and I can tell you that riding slowly in the rain is the least control you will ever have on a motorcycle. So I get why he wiped out a little bit. Yeah, but it was still it's funny. It's really hard. <laughs> it's still funny. You can funny. see him almost wipe out before he wipes out, too. Like, once yeah. I watched it, like, 15 times, there's, like, a moment in the middle where he kind of, like, wobbles a bit. And regains yeah. himself, and then just a little bit further is when he actually wipes out. It also looks like it's raining in that shot. Yeah, it's it's wet. It's it's like foggy. It's, yeah, it's just full of moisture. He has no traction. You can tell he's just, and you can't see obviously through those bat eyes. And, and yeah, no. I totally get it. Yeah, I think it was all like the Friday shooting stuff, Jake. And like, if you look at a lot of those pictures, you can see a lot of water beaded up on the cowl. So it was definitely raining that day. I think like the the cobbled, you know, brick road there was was pretty slick. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It was um, fucking hilarious. I love that they added the me Danny Elfman, Tim Burton music to it. That really enhanced it. <laughs> uh, this is so good. I love the fact that fucking people are, like, right now, just fucking filming this every day. There's new pictures coming out every day. I just, I literally, before we recorded, I saw, like, new shots of the Bat Bikes. I think the Bat Bikes look really good. I think they look real. Yeah. I, li- I, I like the look of them. Real simple. I agree. Yeah. 
Just have a little bit of the cowling going on. That's all. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, fans have spoken, and uh, I know it's not part of this movie. I know it's not a... Everybody's speculating who the next Joker's going to be. And the fans have spoken online. And it's not everybody. Some people think he's too old. But the majority of what I've been seeing online, in Facebook groups, on Twitter, people want Willem Dafoe as the new Joker. I want your guys' I've thoughts. I've seen a lot of that. Yes. I've seen a lot of that. Yes. I think it's too late for that. I think we've already passed that. I mean, this has kind of been fan casting for a long time. I think... The gimmick is too similar to the way he treated Norman Osborn in the Spider-Man movies. I, I, I don't, I don't care for this. I don't need William Defoe as the Joker ever. Talk, talk to me, Neil. Be honest. Uh, the fuck, Jake. Fuck what Jake said. I want your fucking no, thoughts. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck Jake. Um, but I do. <laughs> not on the first date, at least. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I do see what you're saying, and I think that if they decide to do an, if they decide to do a an older Batman, like for some reason they decide, hey, we need Ben Affleck back. I, I could see. Willem Dafoe being his Joker. Yeah, Ben Affleck's not coming back, man. He recently. I know. You know I know. Yeah, he, I know. he lost his passion for playing Batman, and that's sad. That's fucking sad. Every, sad. Everything's it's sad, very sad about the fucking Ben Affleck shit. It's all. Like, we're talking about a guy when he bought his first fucking house, fucking built a bat. Batman. Ca- he built a bat cave in his fucking house. Yeah. I mean, this guy no. loved Batman. It's fucking sad. Fuck all, fuck all you fans out there that get on Twitter and get on Facebook and the guy's talking about his alcoholism and you leave a laughing emoji. Go fuck yourselves. You're sick. For real. Fuck you. Anybody who left a fucking, anybody who left a fucking laughing emoji about any article about a guy suffering from alcoholism and fucking pouring his fucking heart out and you leave a laughing emoji, leave, you know what? Fuck off. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Like, not even like the good piece of shit where you feel good afterwards. You're like that piece of shit that dangles for a little while, and you actually have to use the toy paper to knock it off. Yeah. That's the kind oh, of piece of shit. You're that piece are. of shit that gets tang- dried up and tangled around your butt hairs, and you got to rip it out. Yeah. Yeah, you're that, fu- you're that dingleberry that fucking just dries up on your fucking ass hairs. That's what you so, want. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so if, if Willem Dafoe played Ben Affleck's Joker, I'd be down. But if they're going to try and put Willem Dafoe in with Robert Pattinson, I don't think it works. He's got, he's got, he can wear the white fucking face paint. He's wearing the white fucking I face mean, paint. You don't have to show every goddamn wrinkle in the guy's face. But still. It, and look, I mean, it's. He, Go ahead. He's too he's too mature as a human being to be Robert Pattinson's Joker. That's a good point. I'm not going to argue that. I mean, because I I view the like Joker, the Joaquin yeah. Phoenix movie, as an Elseworlds story. But would you? But could you not compare this to? Could you not compare this to Tim Burton's Batman? 
where you've got a younger Michael Keaton and an older Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. I can't. There, there, I can't because that movie was a standalone, and I don't think they are viewing this movie as a standalone. So you're definitely saying uh, they want to, and I think that they they wanted to with uh, with the Nolan Dark Knight film. I think that they definitely had more plans for Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh yeah. In the next. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. No one's all but confirmed that. Sure. Yeah, sure. he has. Yeah, so Yeah, no, they they want a joke to be a bigger part of the part. I mean, I think that uh going to Nolan's Batman's, I think the Dark uh the Dark Knight is the best of the three, but only two thirds of it are is good. Where do, um, where, do, where, do, where do we go? Where do we go, guys? Where do we go? We've got we're, we're, everything's fucked up, and uh, let me let me set the table here. All right, let me set this fucked up table. <laughs> we've got we've got Suicide Squad, which introduces Jared Leto's Joker. Okay, uh, not beloved, not beloved. You're going to have some diehards out there. Oh, I loved it. I want to see more. Yeah, Juggalos. Sure, you're going to have that now. <laughs> You're going to have that. Here's the thing. But, okay, let's take this a step further. Now we got Joaquin Phoenix fucking in the mix. And we all we all kind of agree that it was kind of like a one and done. And if we get another Joker movie, it's not going to be Joker stepping into a Batman universe film. It's going to be Joker doing another standalone Joker movie, if we ever do get that movie. It, 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 it muddies the water a little bit. But so where do you go now? Where do you go? Like we've, who do we get as Joker going for? They're gonna have to get somebody. I'm worried that they're just gonna be like they're gonna they're gonna get like a Bill Skarsgård. And I'm not saying anything bad against that actor. I think he's pretty good, and I know everybody loves him as fucking Pennywise and all that shit. But like, I just don't want I don't want them to go to Bill Skarsgård as a go to. I think they they got to think a Great little bit. Castle Rock. Yeah, I, well, I I dropped off Castle Rock. That show was driving me. Really? Yeah, I dropped off it. Oh, I know, man. dude. I know there's people that fucking love that show, but I, I just love that show. I was getting burned out. I was I was loving The Outsider, and I dropped off that show within the past few weeks. Really? So, yeah, I don't know. Should I jump back in, Neil? Are you caught yes. up? Should I've I only seen the first two, so I, well, I don't know. I'm through episode four, and I'm just like. I know people. Does it say supernatural, or does it go more? It's, it's very, su- it's very supernatural, in my opinion. Yeah, it gets okay. even more supernatural. Yeah, interesting. Um, so it's like the exact opposite of the stranger. Yes, yes. Um, cool. So, but I know people are loving the outsider anyway. But anyway, um, like, where do you go? Where do you go? Like. Wh- This is a, this is a tough, there, I think DC has made it very, like it was easy to replace, it was easy to replace Leto after what we got in Suicide Squad. And I mean, when you're getting Joaquin Phoenix in there, you can only go up and he won the Academy Award. He won, you know what I mean? Agreed. 100%. 100%. I didn't, I didn't like the movie, but I loved his performance. Loved the movie, loved his performance. Um, but here, where do you go? How do you improve upon that? Like, where do you go with Batman? You've got to, if, if you've got Batman, if you've got Pattinson, 
you've got to have the Joker eventually if you're really wanting this guy to play this role, to continue this role. If you really want to keep Robert Pattinson in this role, you've got to have the Joker eventually show up. Where do you go? If you're not, if you're not getting Willem Dafoe, where are you going? Who are you going to get? It, it's, it, that's tough, man. That's fucking tough. Like, are we he, talking about like a Thanos level villain? We're talking about the Joker, which is basically, yes. No, I know, I know. Yeah, we're talking about the Joker, which is basically like, that is, um, that's his arch nemesis. You know, like. But are, are we, are we, are we considering this Robert Pattinson movie as like Avengers 1, where we're getting the taste of Thanos? Joker, or is this more of? I don't think kind of a one-off thing. I I think think Thanos is a bad comparison. I think Joker is Batman's arch nemesis, and that's all he should be. I I, comparing him to Thanos makes it seem like you got to not not as a team dynamic, but as like his own personal Thanos. Like, is this something that we want to start now to be built towards, or is this something we want just for one movie? I, think, I would do it much like Nolan did it, where you just barely hint at the fact that the Joker will be next. But do you only want him to be in one movie, or do you want him to be a threat for multiple movies? Multiple. That's the goal. That's what I think. That's always been the goal. Yeah, I mean, Nick, you just couldn't sign Nicholson for more than no. one movie, and you, like you said, Neil, that was kind of almost meant to be a one and done or a standalone film at the time. And then, obviously, Nolan did want the Joker to be more involved in more than one movie. So, yeah, I think third time is probably going to be the charm here. So so what you're asking is, who would we cast as the Joker, who's not only going to do it once, but will be relevant as the Joker for more than one movie? Yeah. At least three movies yeah. is what I would assume. At least three movies. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, it's a new cast. Is that right? Is that right? I think, I think DC's kind of backed themselves into a corner after they, after they made this Joker movie, which I thought was a tremendous film. I, I, it's a tremendous film in my opinion. I'm not going to fall into all the fucking media bullshit and what everybody's saying about it. I think it's a tremendous film. And I, I don't care. Todd Phillips, he might be a miserable human being, but he, goddammit, he made a really good movie in my opinion. And Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix put on a hell of a fucking performance. I just don't know how you follow that up at this well, point. Like for me, I, I don't think that you need to even consider that movie as part of the DCEU going forward. He made a movie that I enjoyed, and I thought that Joaquin Phoenix's performance outshined the movie as a whole, but that's beside the point. He made that movie then, and the Joker going forward needs to be a different Joker and needs to not even considering tying into that Joker. I think, God damn it, I'm going to say it. I don't even give a fuck. It's not going to happen, but I am going to say it. I think that you need to fucking do whatever you can do. I think there's no way to follow up Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I think you need to fucking show up at Joaquin Phoenix's house with a dump truck full of money and... Yeah, I totally disagree with that. I don't know how. 
How do you follow that up, though? Like, you don't how, do you the can't. Joker for a while. You just don't do it. But you have to. It's Batman. Don't it's worry. hard not to do it by the second. May 3rd. Yes. The latest. Treat right. him like Wolverine. Let him sit on the shelf for five years. Wolverine hasn't even no. been on the shelf for five years. Do we know I if, know. if Wolverine's we have ta- good? You have talked about this. I don't want Wolverine on the, before. I don't I don't I don't want Wolverine on the shelf for five years. I want Wolverine back I in the do. I don't. I want Wolverine back in the MCU yeah. ASAP. I don't give a fuck. I, I wanna see what Kevin Feige does with Wolverine. I don't give a fuck. Everybody's talking about fucking uh Hugh Jackman's legacy and shit. You can talk about that. Honestly no. everybody honestly with Hugh Jackman, he was fucking he was a great fucking Wolverine, but like his best fucking movie was Logan in my opinion. Yeah, it was the only yeah. good one. It's like, yeah, you went out on fucking top, but like, I don't get, I don't give a shit. Like, if you, when you can start, and when you start introducing the X Men, I don't give a fuck if you, dude, I would fucking love it if they came out. Ruffalo was talking about doing a Wolverine versus fucking a Hulk movie. I'm down for that. Fuck yeah, I'm down for that. Hell, hell, fuck yeah. That, do I, that'd, do, be, that'd be fun, especially if they did it yeah. off the Lindelof book. Yeah, except that's and what, especially if they cast it off of that. I'm saying, but hey, I just don't. Fan, like fan casting, if I'm being honest with myself, like I guess we can all say like, oh, it's a one and done. We don't need any more. And I don't know if I need a second Joker film, but I can't see anybody else right now. And maybe I'm short sighted, but I just can't see anybody else going into that. Ro- and I don't see that there's any way that fucking Joaquin Phoenix would fucking do it either. But I can't see anybody else stepping into the into that role and doing the job that Phoenix did. Yeah. I see completely differently than you apparently. Cause I don't see him ever repeating that performance in a movie for that particular character. And I, I think that the, 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 the thing about Joker is you can have, any type of backstory you want as an actor to play that character, you, you, as long as it makes sense for that particular vision of the character. Like, that character is the most malleable, I think, of all comic book characters. You can do anything you want with it. And if it's good, it's good, which we've seen multiple times. It's one that, that the actors playing that character have one. Academy Awards twice. No other comic book character has ever won an Academy Award. Let me be honest with you. Would would Heath Ledger have won had he not died? Yeah, I've always thought he would not. I always thought he would See, not I, either. Like I thought, I thought, I don't agree at all. That that like that actor in that moment was perfect. There was no who else in that year would you have considered? I'd have to. Yeah, I'm somewhere I can't just off the top of my head. Yeah, I'd have to go back to 20 uh, 2008 and see like who was up that year. Yeah. Like 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 I mean there's been so many years where like people thought like what was it the deer hunter everybody thought the deer hunter was going to win but it fucking Rocky won. That was a huge shock back then. So like there's been shocks before, you know, I don't know. You ever listen to Unspooled? No. It, it's it's Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson uh, reviewing the AFI Top 100 list, and they go through. So they go through every single movie that's on the night uh, the uh, 2007 AFI list, 
mm-hmm. top 100. It, it's fucking fascinating. And they talk about Rocky and they talk about how it upset a bunch of people. And they, they talk about how some years weird ass like roles or movies just kind of shine through the Academy bullshit. And it, it, sometimes it's glorious and sometimes we get green book, you know? We shall see. I don't, dude, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's hard to, like, who knows? Hollywood might pick the perfect actor to play the next Joker. I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would come back and be like, I don't think he's the kind of guy to continue to come back and play the Joker, especially, uh, you know, uh, in Batman films. I think like it was a one and done. If we get him for a Joker sequel movie, that'll be a miracle too. Um, but what about, go ahead. What about casting a female Joker to really separate Pattinson's Joker from the Phoenix character in those movies? I mean, no, thank you. Yeah, what I don't care. Like no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, I'd be okay. You with don't that. think that like we could we could get like a Zossie Beats reprise from the first one? No, I don't want it. Who would you cast? Who would I cast as Joker? Yeah, besides Joaquin. Uh, fuck. Um, or Willem Dafoe. God damn, that's a fucking tough one. I know, right? It, it, no, it's, hard. <laughs> it's it's super fucking hard, man. I'm trying to think of like, you know, like who would be the surprise actor here, like to to do it. You know, like I'm trying to think of like maybe like uh, actors in um, in the Marvel camp that maybe that weren't too happy with like their character. Like I, fuck. What do you think about like Mark Duplass? No, no. Yeah. From the from the league? No, no. I would not want Mark Duplass in the league. No, not at all. I love that guy. I love the Duplass brothers. I love their movies. I love him in the league. Uh, fuck no, I don't want him as Joker. Why not? Doesn't strike me as the Joker. I mean, it just doesn't strike me as the guy that can pull off that kind of fucking that that the that kind of performance. He just doesn't. He doesn't strike me as like the Joker. Like I hear Mark Duplass. And Fair I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You think he can pull that off? I, like I love the guy. I just don't think like he's. See, for me, he's got the face, and I think he's got the talent to do something completely different. Like almost like a, a Cesar Romero Joker. Yeah. No, yeah. Which could be a lot of fun in nowadays style of movies. Not very menacing. No. But I don't need the joke to be super menacing. I do. In a in a Matt Reeves In Batman a Matt Reeves Batman, franchise. I fucking need him to be menacing. I need him to be like fucking the guy who's putting bombs on bridges and killing people and people are tied up somewhere with fucking bombs on them with timers and shit. That's what I, fuck yeah, I need that. I fucking, yeah, I need a, I need scary. a, I need a, I need a psycho. I need a fucking psychotic person. 
yeah, I agree with Brian on that. I, I I don't want the Joker to be comic relief. I mean, at least not like through and through. You know that the comic relief is always going to be there to some degree. There's going to be jokes, but they should be uncomfortable jokes. You know. Yeah, that's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, fans almost always rebel against every Joker casting that's ever happened. That's true. Yeah, so true. I, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. I hated the Heath Ledger casting. So did I. I was proven way wrong. Well, I didn't like shit, man. I was fucking uh, eight or nine years old. And I hated the, I thought it was, I didn't hate it. I thought it was weird when they cast Michael Keaton as Batman. As Batman. Because yeah, Jake, yeah. like we we saw him in Mr. Mom, and we saw him in Gung Ho, and like this guy was like the comedy guy. Yeah, he's Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was ridiculous. I, and I don't even. I mean, Nicholson is classic, but it's not really a tour de force in acting. It's Nicholson it's, with fucking makeup. Here's on. my fucking thing. Yeah. Like people can like the way that how quickly I dismissed a female Joker, and the reason is. They've been doing it in comic books. Okay, you want Thor? We'll give you a female Thor. Oh, you want Iron Man? We'll give you a female Iron Man. Just fucking make female characters. Yeah, right? make some badass female characters. Thank man. you. Thank you. Just make badass female characters. I don't need you to fucking gender swap every fucking thing that's out there. Cause it's. I mean, I don't mind no. the gender swapping personally, but I also agree with you, Brian, that we need to make better female characters in general. Right. I just thought in this instance, it would be a good way. Cause a lot, no matter what you do, people are going to be confused about it. Not being Phoenix. There's people certain, are, hold are on. to be dumb like that. There's and certain things really separated. There's certain things in fucking pop culture that I've considered monikers. I feel like you could have a 007 that could be a female. You could have Jane, yeah. you could have Jane Bond. It's a moniker. I don't think Joker's a... Or James Bond. There's a model named James. Right. Come on. I I think there's certain monikers. I I don't think that Joker should just be... Is a moniker. I I think that there's certain times where you can and can't do it and can't get away with it. Like Like I talked about, like, I wanted a female crow. I would love a female crow. I think I fucking yeah. think I think Tatiana Maslany or like we said uh, when you were last on uh, Lupita you know, Nyong'o. Nyong'o would be fantastic at the crow. Yeah, but I feel like like every time I feel like every time that they fucking just make badass female original characters, okay? But there are times where you could fucking have different monikers be different genders. I think like there could be like you know we don't always have to have a male RoboCop. It could be a female RoboCop. You know, like there's there's certain times where it could work, but a female but also a female Joker just doesn't interest me. I, I feel like well, we're diving into like territory that I don't really. That, that that's me personally. And if you guys want a female Joker, by all means, yeah, cool. I'd be down for it. I just feel like we've at this point we've done the male Joker to death. Like, what is there to do with the you know like the character anymore like it's been acted every way it can be acted and and and, well and i'm like i don't know i i just feel like the joker is a male character i just like that i don't i i feel like there's certain there's there's certain play that you can have on characters when it comes to like different monikers and stuff like that and but i feel like i think i feel like it's an insult in comic books a lot of the time when they're like okay we're gonna come out with a new fucking uh you know, here's here's our new Captain America, and it's a female. Or here's like a new Iron Man, and it's a female. Just fucking 
just give them their own fucking character. It's not like, you know yeah. what I mean? Just they, yeah, it's a double edged sword though, because I feel like they try that and then those book get, books get canceled nine months because there's no draw. I think like, it's only really worked with like Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? I don't know. And even well, Captain I think Marvel there's a, a lot gender swapped character. Honestly, there's a, there's a lot shorter uh, uh, attention span nowadays. Whereas back in the day, you could get a character that didn't necessarily sell that well, but because the the uh, creators championed it, it, it eventually became a hot hot character. Yeah, Captain Marvel. But, I mean, it was originally a male character, Jake. I get that Marvel. You know what I mean? Like it was originally, um, but see, the thing is, is like, you had the right writer on it to, to turn it. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. It felt more natural. It it wasn't, there was an actual literal passing of the torch between the male and the female character. They were both involved in each other's storylines. It wasn't just a, plus there were some rice issues. I know. It's like, I sounded so dismissive when I said the female Joker, but I think it's an insult. Honestly, like, I don't know. And women, I can't speak for women, but I think it's an insult sometimes when they're just like, okay, here's an existing character that was a male and let's just turn him into a fucking female. And like, you're totally right, Brian. And, it's and, such an acting class, though. I feel like that. Like, let's let a woman have a chance at doing such a master acting class of being the Joker. Well, that's we're in the we're in this we're in this we're in this world now. We're fucking. You can't have certain people acting as other people because you can't have uh, a straight male act as if they're a gay male because people get upset about that now. It's like acting. Well, yeah, it's but gay t- males are real people. The Joker is a fictional character. Like, I don't think people are gonna. <laughs> I mean, comic book nerds are obviously going to be pissy about it, and like comics gate won't be happy. But I don't think that's sacred ground. Oh, I don't think damn. like the PC police are going to go go ape shit crazy. Yeah, but I also think on the, the flip Joker. side, just create fucking good female characters in comic books and let them play that. Let them. They don't have to fucking like take on a character that's already been established as a male. That's all I'm saying. Well, and part of the problem with a. a a woman taking over the part of the Joker is that so much of the Joker's character is rooted in toxic masculinity. That, that makes, that makes even more sense to me to make it a female, but it, it makes it so much harder to adapt that rather than just create a new character that is, has all the same aspects, but without that weird, that that weird abusive personality that is the Joker. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like it, yeah, I like hear where you're coming a, from. There's I mean, a the character weird, evolves like, every time, even when it's a male, it's a different character every time. Yeah, no, totally. But, but like, why? Why does it? I don't know why it makes the characters so much better if you just make it. I don't understand like where. I'm not saying it makes it better. I'm saying it makes it original, and it doesn't make it seem like that's my. It's not original. That it's 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 so not original because they've done it so many fucking other times with like other characters. Like we got we got a a re re rule thirty four. We got re re characters aren't the Joker though. It's an iconic character. There's so many kind of characters that have been fucking bitten off and they just give them to like women. And it's like give women like why can't you fucking do what Chris Claremont did and just create new fucking awesome women characters for comic books. And Jubilee. 
thank you. Like as opposed uh, as opposed to just fucking just like okay, now we're gonna throw a woman into the Joker role. Now we're gonna throw a woman into the fucking Iron Man suit. Now we're gonna throw a woman into the Thor role. Just fucking create new fucking women characters that are fucking awesome, like Harley Quinn and shit like that. And like I love what they're doing with Harley Quinn now, where she's kind of like separating from the Joker and being like her own fucking villain or anti-hero, whatever the fuck you want to call her. I just I think it's I, I'm not, do, I, there was a time when I thought it was cool when they were doing that shit and they were like, okay, yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. It was the first step. It was the first step, and now I'm past it. I'm just like, fucking Christ, can we? Do, I don't like, disagree. I do completely agree that they should make new awesome characters. That, that are female. Like, I don't disagree with well, that. Well, here's the problem. Like, here's the problem with making, here's me. the problem with making new characters in comic books. Who wants to fucking create an awesome new comic book character when fucking Marvel and DC owns them? Why do you, it's a huge issue. Why do you fucking think that all these comic book creators, men and image. women, men and women are going to image? Why they're going to fucking Dark Horse? Why they're going to these fucking indie comic book companies? It's because they control the fucking characters. It's why Image was created. Exactly. Yeah. Like the uh, last that, that documentary was amazing. The last fucking like big time character that was created in my opinion was probably Deadpool back in 91. Yeah, correct. By Rob Liefeld. Like here and so maybe Harley. M- maybe Harley, yeah. but that that was that was a cartoon. That was a cartoon. She started she off. the same coin too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, meta ass characters. It's hard to create new comic book characters because you know that fucking if you create an awesome, amazing character, DC and Marvel, DC slash Marvel is going to fucking own that property, and like you're not going to be able to make any royalties off of that character. It's better to bring that fresh idea, that fresh character, to an indie independent comic book publisher where you control the rights to that character, whether it be the movie rights, whether it be the comic book rights. So it, 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 we're in a fucking weird space right now where they're like. If you, it's hard to introduce new cool characters into DC and Marvel, and that's those are the hot properties right now for comic books. And it's not only yeah. like comic books or anything; it's also just any kind of creative character or or song or um, just just anything in general. Like if you don't go through a mainstream publisher, you're going to get fucking sidelined, yeah. and you don't get the exposure that you need in order to make the character expand. Yeah, and then if you do sell out, you eventually don't get anything from it because it's mm. been taken and 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 butt fucked and and turned into something completely different. Yeah, no, I agree, I, Jake. I, dude, I, dude, I, I'm not. I don't want it to sound like I'm coming out and saying like you're wrong. They should not do that. It's just no. I, I, I get it, and I, I, I don't think you're coming from a place of like being sexist or, or whatever. Like I, I know you like, you know, I, I get it. It's more of the pedestal. You put the character of the Joker on that. You just don't want to see that gender swap. Happen. I'm not saying that a woman couldn't play the Joker either. I'm just saying like at this point where we are, I feel like it's an insult to keep doing this with characters. To, yeah. To- I just, it just feels like to me a, a, a good solution because you're going to have to have the character show up again so quickly after Phoenix winning an Academy Award for playing the character. 
Like you really have to do something radically different. You don't want someone impersonating Phoenix. You're not going to get Phoenix to be in a franchise Batman movie. So I like, what do you do to me? It's either you just ignore the character completely, which is out of the question in my opinion, or you, you really, you really change it up. I, I, I really like the idea of casting a female Joker. I, yeah, we got I, one. I, it's Harley Quinn. Thank you. No, like, that character's nothing like the Joker. I can't, but we have that villainous role ready to go. I feel Harley sorry. Margot Robbie is fucking phenomenal as that character. Yeah, I feel sorry for the actor that they would try to hire for the female Joker and the amount of social media abuse oh that, that that the actor would take. And like poor Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't need that. And it's it's one of those things where I feel like I feel like women should be able to take up certain monikers within pop culture, but let's let's give them interesting characters that are solely based um that that are let's give them let's give them characters that are that 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 started out female that we don't have to gender swap all the time. I think I'm 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 way past this point of just gender swapping characters as far as like you know, we've got like, um, I think the Ghostbusters movie was fine because it's a moniker. Anybody can be a Ghostbuster. Anybody can be a Ghostbuster. Anybody can be, you know, like, like James Bond. Anybody can be a James Bond. Anybody can be, you know, all these other things. But as far as like characters like the Joker, I think like you're setting yourself up for, I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I just don't think it, I just don't think it makes sense. It's, it's, it's a character that, um, um, you, it's kind of an insult in my opinion, like, and they, Marvel did it and like Neil, we talked about it. Like it was a step. They, they were trying to do the right things, but like we saw, we, we kept seeing it happen. We kept seeing it happen. And, and, um, these characters would be like, you know, Oh, we got the female Iron Man. We got the female, uh, Thor for, for the for a short period of time. And then like, you know, the original Iron Man always comes back, right? Yeah, yeah. like the original Thor always comes back. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a stunt. They do yeah. that kind of thing as a stunt, you know. Some writers do better with it than others, it seems. Like Aaron definitely did better than fucking... I love the did. Mighty Thor run. Yeah. That, it's, that, no, that it, run that he did with, with Jane Foster it's awesome. Thor was great. Yeah. It was great. And I'm super excited to, to see that Love and Thunder movie. But we obviously we also I'm a see huge Taika Waititi fan. We also see characters that like they always started off as male characters. You know, we got Superman, Batman, and what do we get? And Hulk, and then what do we get? Supergirl, She Hulk, yeah, Batgirl, Batwoman. Like they're all. I mean, I know a lot like She Hulk specifically, but a lot of those characters were because. Stanley did not want to lose the rights to the female versions of his creations. Mm, interesting. Uh, like, because apparently back in the 70s, uh, whoever was making the Hulk TV show uh, with uh, Bixby? Yeah, Bill Bixby. Bixby. Bill Bixby. Yeah. So they were trying to do a female version of that show, and so Stanley wrote She-Hulk into the canon and so they couldn't do that without his him making money off of it 
I forget where I was going with this. Oh, Jake, Jake, I'll compromise with you here real quick, okay? You ready for this? Sure. You ask me the question, Brian, who would you cast as a female Joker? That question is, you've thrown it down. You throw, you give me the, and I'm going to tell you right now, Lena Hetty. Game of Thrones. Oh, God. Yeah, that's good. That's, good. <laughs> that's a good casting. I think I might have just turned my. I think I might have just turned myself around on this. <laughs> I still like the Karen like Gillian casting too. I, nah, I'll take. Yeah? I'll take Lena Headey all day. You guys remember her performance in Dread? Oh yeah. I'll take Lena Headey all day. If I have to so have, good. if they have, if we have to have a female Joker, I'll take Lena Headey. I, it's not like I can't envision it. I just I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'll take Lena Hetty. If you if you've seen her in Dread, fuck yeah, I'll take Lena Hetty as the Joker. So good in that villainous role. Yeah. Well, fuck Game of Thrones, you know. But I, I'm I'm more looking at her fucking character from Dread. To be honest with you, if I'm looking at the Joker. Yeah, Game of Thrones. She's well, kind of yeah, so I mean, subdued. Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched Game. Of, well, I watched the first season of Game of Thrones, but. Yeah, the dread. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely God. her. She's fucking amazing in dread. Anyway, Star Wars news. Yeah, bumper. Beep beep boop bop boop bop. Jar jar. Whatever. Um. <laughs> did you guys hear about this uh, fucking new movie they're planning? It's either a new movie, like some some outlets are saying it's a new movie. And some outlets are saying it's not been decided whether it's a new movie or a Disney Plus series. And it's a new Star Wars movie set on the Sith planet of Exegol. Yeah, is this the one they've already kind of got a creative team for, too, that they just have been talking about they've the last got, couple days? They've got J.D. Dillard. Uh, yes, yes, okay. Best known for his film Slight, which I have not seen Slight. Have either of you seen Slight? I have not. No. All right. Uh, we don't have the slightest idea as... To how that movie is. That was, oh man. Yes. I nailed it. I did it. I made the joke. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it didn't go over well, but I did it. Um, this guy, uh, JD Slight, is, uh, he worked on, uh, Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh no, he's working with, uh, uh, Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. scribe Matt Owens. Uh, there's no link between this project and the already announced trilogy from Star Wars, The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson, or the movie that was pitched by Marvel head Kevin Feige. Uh, so, if as Deadline reports, the new Star Wars movie takes place on Exegol, then it could fill in many of the questions we had. After the Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker ending, such as how did the Emperor raise an army to to command all those Star Destroyers? Who were the cultists at the end of Episode Nine? How did Palpatine come back from the dead? Fuck that movie! All those burning questions that we fuck, have. Fuck you! Fuck you! This was yeah that that was from Games Radar. Yeah, I don't care about any of this. Fuck that. <laughs> so, JD. Dillard doing a movie about the Sith planet of Exegol. If he does a movie about the Sith planet of Exegol, okay, whatever. I'm not too excited about that, to be quite honest with you. 
but I don't want it to fucking just fill in the gaps and questions. Ooh, the burning questions of of the rise of Skywalker. Fuck off. God, every new Star Wars movie is going to be a retcon of the previous Star Wars movie. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds. I don't know. The worst fucking news ever. I mean, I don't know anything about J.D. Dillard to be. I've never seen Slight. I don't know. It could be a great fucking movie. I have no fucking clue. I honestly don't have any interest on watch, uh, in seeing a movie that's set on the Sith planet of Exegol, to be quite honest with you. No, I'd rather get fucking J.B. Smooth, a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I would be down for that. Curb <laughs> <laughs> oh. has been fucking excellent this season. Yeah, Curb is ridiculous good. It makes yeah. last season look bad, honestly. Like, in retrospect, last season wasn't that good. Uh, I loved last season, but like watching this new season, you're absolutely right. It makes you forget last season. Yeah, I mean, this is tops. This is probably one of the top three seasons of, of the show's history. Dude, Neil, fucking, you want to watch yeah. an Exegol movie? A movie that takes <laughs> place on the Sith planet of Exegol? I don't know, man. That no. Is, how the fuck did. <laughs> Dude, it was seriously. I, I barely got through Rise of Skywalker, so yeah. no, I have no interest in Exegol. A movie that's set on Sith planet of Exegol, so like that planet that we went to that had that fucking pyramid that was floating and shit, and had like uh, that fucking, you know, Kylo Ren walked in there and shit, and he got yeah. on that fucking escalator yeah. that went down. Do not give a shit. And we get the, are we going to revisit those fucking Snoke clones again? Yeah, well, you know what? If those too. Snoke, if those Snoke clones are fucking each other, I might watch it on like Pornhub. But other than that, I don't give a shit. It's uh, this sounds terrible. This sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they need to just get away and why? It, Star Wars really needs a soft reboot. Well, I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel they like they had one with Last Jedi, and then it yes, was yeah, divisive. Did you guys? Have you guys? Have you guys gone online and like searched out and read the the Colin Trevorrow screenplay? Oh, it's been a while, but yeah, I, when that was really hitting no. the fan, I definitely saw a lot of that stuff. It's on Reddit. You can read the whole fucking thing. No, I, I've actively avoided it just because uh, you know what we got the movie we got, and I don't care enough to try and retcon it. No, yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. It's, you can't retcon it. It, it, ha- it happened. It, it happened. happened. I mean, it happened to us. It's so whatever. <laughs> it, it is what it is, and it was what it was. I know. I just feel like we were so close, though, right? Like we, it, we were so close to something great. I, I, know, I know. I know. It was. It's like. Um, it, it, it's like the first two acts of this trilogy were just, in, in my opinion, just fantastic. And then, you know, right as we're about to fucking climax and bust our nut, you it know, brought JJ back. Yeah, and uh, and then I'll and then and I was right. <laughs> if only JJ would have had clip fit, he could have finished the job. <laughs> he didn't though. He didn't though. I'm- the new Star Wars, it's like they're like the backwards prequels too, like right? Like everyone hates episode yeah. one and two, but then they fucking like hit the home run with episode three. I mean, that's what most people 
are in that camp. I, I don't agree not with you. that, but it's definitely the consensus. Uh, I know Brian's not a big episode three lover either. Uh-uh. No. And, um, but yeah, it's kind of the opposite with the new stuff where, you know, in my, in my opinion, they hit the home run with the first two. And then at the end, they just biffed it. Here's, I, I will say this. I will say this. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I have more respect for the prequels than I do this last trilogy because of the way the last trilogy ended. I will accept, yeah, for sure. I will accept the prequels for all. It, it's the prequels, in my opinion, are a wreck. A lot of it is a wreck. There is some terrible writing, some terrible acting. Um, I think even like you and McGregor in certain interviews has kind of acknowledged that it's. <laughs> It's not great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lucas, like, he was surrounded by people that couldn't tell him no, and you can see the results. Well, yeah, well, I think, like, the origin, the reason that the original trilogy was so great is because they had so many restrictions back then. Like, yeah, I, budget restraints. Budget man. restraints. Like, like, budget restraints make movies better. Budget restraints on the first Deadpool. trilogy. Like, yeah. The only reason that movie is good is because the budget restraints were there. I think if. And, if, and you look at. Like the Star Wars yep. movies, and it's because they had to use models and yes. it makes it look better. Yeah, well, and the, I think like if Lucas had the same restraints on this, and 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 he did, and he wasn't surrounded by yes men yeah. in the prequels, yeah. we might have had something different. Because if you read the original, um, like if you if you ever picked up the comic book series that was like the Star Killer comics oh, God, that they came awful. out with they awful. were terrible and that was that was lucas's original vision so um yeah. Uh, yeah sometimes creators need to be restrained in order to create something great mm-hmm. i agree yeah, i agree there's there, dude there's shit about the prequels that i absolutely love there's shit about the prequels i i they absolutely love love fucking um you know, Darth Maul. That lightsaber scene in the first one. Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace with the Duel of the Fates in the background is my second favorite scene in all of Star Wars, and I hate that movie. Yeah, I think Williams did better work with the music in the prequels than he did with the new movies, too. And I I like the music in the new movies, but Williams really knocked it out of the park, I I think, in the prequels. My favorite Star Wars scenes of all time is is from Rogue One. It's the Darth Vader scene at the end of Rogue One. That's my favorite Star Wars scene ever. My second favorite is the Duel of the Fates lightsaber battle. Oh, man, that Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One, that's not even in my top 50, I don't think. Really? Power to you. Oh, man, I fucking love that that's scene. the stuff I watch, that we uh, I, I watch it over and over. It's the stuff that we always kind of like wanted to see him do in the original films. Yeah. In my opinion, it's just that they tied it so close to the beginning of a new. I film. don't like, care. I, 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 I want it looks so, so good. I don't give a fuck. And then, like five minutes later, he's like geriatric lightsaber fighting. Yeah, who cares? Like that scene was just so goddamn good. Yeah, it was definitely it's it's, so goddamn good on its own. I don't give a fuck how it ties in. It's so good. Shit, I mean, like, Star Wars has pretty much been fan service over the last few years, so, like, that makes sense (laughs) that they would do that. 
I get it. I get it. I, I was oohed and awed by that team the first time I, I saw it. But the more and more I, I revisit Rogue One, the more that's one of my least favorite parts of the movie. I oh, kinda, man. I kind of just – It's like the I, end of a different movie even too. Like it just kind of – I've been like, watching like that scene with different music in the background <laughs> like over and over on YouTube because there's so many cuts of that of that like that Darth Vader decimation where it's got like, you know, Queen in the background or some other music in the background. It's so fun to watch it. I want to see it with the curb theme. (laughs) 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 Well, that's amazing. That would probably make make me like it. Yeah. Make it. That would be fantastic. (laughs) I feel like it would fit really well. Um, I'm ready to... I'm ready to curb both of your enthusiasms <laughs> and end this episode. How does that sound? Great. Fucking yeah, A. Oh, my God. And listen to this shit. Listen to this shit. I don't have to fucking watch or do notes or any shit this next week. All I have to do is show up in Chicago and get drunk. Got this. What movie are we missing out by uh, taking a week off next week? What's our big? The movie Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Yep. Oh shit! I'm watching it Thursday night anyway. So I've already I got thought my... about it, but we're doing a bunch of stuff on Thursday. Right? Yeah, so. I've got my ticket. I won't be at C2E2 until Friday. So yeah, I was trying to make it up Thursday possibly, but it's going to be Friday morning for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, we don't care. Y'all are going to join us later. We're all going to meet up on Thursday night. I think. Oh, fuck you and your Thursday night shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, you and your Thursday night crew can go fuck yourself. We're going to go smoke some cigars. You guys are going to have Thursday ramen. night tomfoolery and slap each other's dicks. That's all you're going to oh, do. Oh, yeah. We'll be a lot, lot of dick slapping. A lot of dick slapping. Dick tapping going on. Turtle tapping. <laughs> Turtle tapping. Turtle tapping. Hey, Turtle power. Neil, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll always have you. <laughs> that's that's very true. Sounded creepy I, the way this, I said it. This time next week we will be drunk. This together. time next week, same room, and we'll be the same room together. We'll be in the same room. You'll be looking at my fucked up face. I'll be looking at your fucking glorious face, your Chris Farley looking face, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> And the tower that I'm assuming will be built. <laughs> there will be a, uh, oh my God, should we do that again? I don't think you can stop yourselves. That's nah, probably going to happen. Yeah, I, don't, we, I think we, we discussed this last year and you said that we shouldn't do it, but then we did it anyway. Yeah, I don't think I went all out last year though, because nothing broke. No, it was not nearly as, ba- as bad as the year before. Yeah, That did. was an epic. We took it. We made a tower of glasses from all the alcohol that we drank. I'm talking like real glasses, glassware, and we would stack them up all the way up. Like it was like a tower of Babel of biblical proportion. And this fucking, the first year, that shit fucking eventually came down and just broke all over the goddamn ground. And it was amazing. Um, no one seemed to really be too upset about that. No, because all the fucking money we spent on alcohol that year was just ridiculous. Yeah, they was, didn't get that, was, oh, that explains it. Yeah. We had like a round of shots that was like 30 people. Well, fucking Faye spent over 300 fucking dollars on alcohol herself. Oh, yeah. I yeah. posted Faye's receipt on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was buying everybody shots. Oh, my God. 
ridiculous. <laughs> Faye, why don't you come back, please? <laughs> yeah, Faye, my, my wallet. <laughs> Next week, one week, seven days, we're all going to be together hanging out, getting pissed drunk and having a great time oh. and, uh, you know, creating memories and, uh, yeah, there will not be an episode next week. So, um, yeah, the only episode is going to be a live episode in Chicago where I'm going to be getting pissed drunk and Jake is going to, Jake will be there. <laughs> I will be a designated driver. There you go. All right, guys. Neil, thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. Anytime. You let me know. You let me know when you're available. I'll have you on. Oh, yeah. That's how it yeah. works. At least give it four weeks, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I'll think about it. And just like all good leftover Sander doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. See you next week. No, we'll see you in two weeks, you sons of fucks. (laughs) See you in two weeks. (laughs) See you in two weeks, you... No, I'm going to be nice. See you in two... See you in two... (laughs) See you in two. We'll see you in two. Later. See ya. Laters. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.